What do you mean it's his neighbor? It's his neighbor. Where? His parents' house? Yeah, so it's not his neighbor anymore. But it's That used neighbor. to be his neighbor? Yeah. I, I which he's uh, running around like I'm not gonna say a legitimate I, neighbor to legitimate like, yeah. like to his I'll left or to his I'll, right. I'll, I'll tell you after. Yes, I'll tell you because I pissed in both directions. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I might have got him. What's cooking, everybody? I am joined in the bunker today. For the first time since the best kept secret in the history of this podcast, episode number 39, by my friend, Mr. Mike Spear. Quite simply, Mike Spear is one of the most entertaining people you will ever listen to in your life. He does not try to be, but he is fucking hilarious. Everyone from the old days, the earliest listeners know who Mike Spear is. They love him. I told you, of course, we're bringing him back. He's somebody who comes at things from the conservative end of the spectrum. So when I want to talk to someone from that side of things... I'm going to be bringing in Mike. He's going to certainly be one of the go-tos, and you'll see why. In this episode, we drank a lot of whiskey once again, talked a lot of Epstein, a lot more than last time. I know people wanted us to talk more last time when we got off it, and we talked a whole bunch of other stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy, and it was good to have the big man back in the bunker. If you are not subscribed on YouTube, please subscribe. Please like this video as well and leave a comment. Love seeing you guys in the comments. Thank you to everyone who's been doing that. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify and you are not subscribed on Apple or following on Spotify, please do so. And I hope to see you guys again for future episodes. That said, you know what it is. I'm Julian Dory, and this is Trendifier. Let's go. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the new Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. Last time I saw you, you were pulling out in a limousine to go to the strip club in Atlantic City, which God knows if there was any teeth on the strippers there, but you know, that's just me. That was the nastiest strip club and limousine <laughs> I've ever seen, honestly. The limo looked good from the outside. I, I have a video of that. It was a $10 ride. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it wasn't far, but it was still a fucking limousine. Wait, you got a limo for $10? It was $10. That was like a full-blown It was like, $10. Stacker. It was $10. It was $10. I'm going to put the video of that in the corner of the screen so people can see. Yeah, they had a... I guess they like are trying to compete with like Uber rating, like, <laughs> you know, like the, the Uber rates for that night, and it was probably about $10 in an Uber or a limo. <laughs> so Wait, is it like a like an app service for limos? No, it was. they were outside. I said, what do you want? I think he said like... 15 or 20 and everybody <laughs> hopped in and i'm like wait a second no ten dollars it's two blocks away he goes just get the fuck in the car <laughs> wait it was two blocks away it was two or three blocks oh my god i thought originally we were going to uh show and tell but apparently that closed down which is a shame you fucking um, animal. because they always treated us nicely i'm not even talking about the strippers because half the time we end up going there and just is that the place where we took meat and he and he blew off like two hundred dollars for the first time? I don't, Is that the right one? Because that wasn't possibly. the worst thing I've ever been in. No, I think like it that, might have been. You know, it's there small. were like a few STDs in there, but nothing crazy. Yeah, it was small. Um, it had the upstairs. You'd go upstairs. Um, I thought it was nice, but huh? apparently that makes nobody... that makes one person in Atlantic City. That's that's really all it was. Cheers, brother. Cheers, my man. Good to have you back. Good to be back. Last time you were here, it's like a 
kept secret episode because I didn't put a ton of it like in marketing because we talked about all the things we're not allowed to talk about in public apparently anymore. <laughs> but it was it was March. We got borderline blackout drunk. Good mm-hmm. time. And I think at the time this thing had – I mean it had a little more on audio, but it had like 200 subscribers on right. YouTube when you were in here. And now, you know, we're we're not at nothing on YouTube. We're at like 16,000 and we have a whole TikTok built. And now we have an audience that we've had now for, I'd say, like a legit audience for like seven, eight months, which is really cool. But this is kind of, for the people that didn't go back and listen, this is their first exposure to Fear the Spear. It's nice. And Fear the Spear is happy that he doesn't have to watch your, your videos every day anymore because, quite frankly, you don't even need me as a fan. <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, you know, at the beginning, it was like I knew that the last thing that people who know you are going to do is like listen to your podcast. So I didn't bother anyone about that. And it's now cool that people are like, oh, no, I don't have to feel compelled to do it either. Yeah, but there's something to be said about, you know, at least with you, I was I always tell you, I was genuinely like, this is for him. You oh, know, yeah. I never yeah. – you said I that. don't skip a beat. There's no, oh, well, he's now. No, no. This is what you were supposed to do. In fact, if you were doing what you were doing before, that's when I have to kind of, in my head, say, he's doing this now and wondering what's next. But right now, um, I don't really have that thought, which is which is good. You and I never talked about like me going to do this, but it is interesting that you were one of my really close friends from the beginning who was like, you sure you want to do that? You sure you want to be a banker? Yeah. You know? Like you were like you knew that I could do it, but right. it was more what are you doing? Right. Yeah. I mean, I knew you weren't from a, a lineage of successful attorneys, so I figured that, <laughs> <laughs> I figured that wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. David Dorr is a hell of an attorney. If I ever had a, a multi million dollar business and, and I, I would call him, but right now I, I, I probably need a DUI lawyer before I need David Dorr. Oh no. No, we're not doing that. We don't do that around here. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, this is this is incredible and and it's nice to see someone enjoy what they're doing. It, it you know, makes my job a little bit harder every day realizing I gotta find that spot. But you find it every time, which is nice, you know. You you love being a lawyer, though. No, I love being a lawyer. Um, but you know, you're still at set nine. T- you know, which you yeah. know when the start to finish doesn't change. You work after hours if you have to, but you you're, you get up, you expect kind of the same thing almost every day, unless you have a trial. Pull that mic in just a little bit. Yeah, if you have tight, a trial like or something, yeah. uh, you know that's that's you're the star of the show that day in front of people you don't know. That's different, but the day to day, it's still day to day. It's still the eight to six thirty. That you know, the, the eight to seven. Um, There's but, such a game with it, though. Like, because you're a trial attorney, like you're a no fuck around attorney. You know what I mean? And there's such a there's high stakes at all times. At least you have that. The guys who are just kind of like consulting attorneys at all times on things, like even like what, what's it called, general counsel at like at like some yeah. mid sized businesses, they get bored. Yeah, I mean, I think they do. And the worst feeling I would imagine for them, I mean, the paychecks look great. But, you know, oftentimes there'll be litigation and you're GC, general counsel, and yet you just see a team of lawyers come in <laughs> to your company. And are like, okay, we got it, buddy. Bring us up to speed for 10 minutes and we'll take it over from here. It's like the FBI <laughs> coming into a cop station. Right. We'll take it from here, pal. Right. But, uh, I got to give you some credit, though, on, on a non-lawyer note. You – this was after we were blasted, but – you called the whole Andrew Cuomo thing. I got to give you your flowers for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't know who Mr. Cuomo is. I've, I don't know if he's famous or, or has any notoriety at all. Um, the father. 
But we there's obviously Mario Cuomo. Is he? Is he? Who is Mario Cuomo? Mario Cuomo was. I can't believe you don't know this. Is he Mar- some kind of serial? You, like- Michael Spear, don't know this. My, Mario Cuomo was the governor of New York. Their father was the fucking governor of the state. I never lived there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead. But in all seriousness, you know, listen, he. I think I was telling you this earlier, but you know they made the. Um, I think it was like the Assassin's Handbook or whatever it's called. Assassin's the what? The, it's like the Assassin's Handbook. I don't know. I might be getting the name wrong, but it's essentially this guy who we don't really know who it is, but he created a step-by-step guide on how to kill people and get away with it. Who did this? It, we I don't know, and I don't think anyone really knows who the guy is that authored this. Um, I'm gonna Google. It. Keep going. Yeah. So he creates his handbook. God knows who used it, but at least people like me and you, we know about it or are learning about it. When I read or at least heard about what CNN Fredo Cuomo said to his brother, I'm thinking to myself, this guy had a fucking playbook on how to basically get away with sexual harassment. So I was concerned (laughs) when he was naked in front of his wife's yoga class. The younger one. The younger one. But now I'm, now I'm, I'm, I'm deeply concerned. Well, he had the thing. It was like it was a couple months ago now. I know you texted me about it, where he was actually officially, finally accused and vaguely like admitted to it. Like I'm very sorry for being inappropriate or whatever. He put out a statement, but it was with some reporter. I think I don't remember. So people look it up. But there was like something where there was even an email trail to it. So then I'm looking at this whole thing and his brother's defense, which was fucking hysterical. Like the whole. I'm Italian. Right. We love, we kiss, I, I kiss men, I kiss women. <laughs> it's like, it's like if you're the PR lady handling him, there's no way that you were letting him out there doing that. So he definitely went rogue. And you're talking about, this is Fredo Cuomo who's saying this about, or is this you talking? No, this is Big Cuomo. Oh, this is Big Cuomo. Big Cuomo, okay. who said that okay. as like his defense at the end. Remember his last ditch effort to like stay in office? Yes. And he's I like, know, now I remember. we kiss people. My mother, she's a lovable Italian woman. So you see this whole thing going on. It's like a charade. And it was almost like once that happened, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, he's going to be right. Spears going to be right. We're going to hear about this soon. And then, boom, it's like it's it feels like simulated now, I guess is my point. Like when you see scandals like this, you kind of know what's going to happen next. If it involves a family or something like that, the next one's going down. And you wonder what's the truth and what's not. But like with them, they – there's evidence that they've always been a little fucked up. Right. Yeah, but you know what? We we didn't spend a second figuring out whether they were – or I shouldn't say figuring out, considering what we were talking about. We were talking about sexual harassment. That's not what we were talking about, though. We were talking about you and I and the general public right and left. Mm, yep. Okay? This guy, Mr. COVID, you know, mm-hmm. then you have the right-wingers coming in. Um, you know, just like the left wingers coming in to defend him. But we never really talked about the fact that he was accused of sexual harassment um, as far as touching, basically, is my understanding, um, using his position of power to, to take advantage of these people. I mean, it, 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 that's the sick part. But yet we spend our days on CNN trying to say, oh, no, 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 I was right. I was right. Or no, yeah. no, no, you were wrong. And we missed the whole fucking boat. There's such a problem with it. It, it, it really... It's 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 hard to think about. It. I know we make a joke out of like how fucked up some of these people are, and sometimes it is funny. But we have this trial going on right now with Ghislaine Maxwell, which is 
conveniently having a lot of things not necessarily pushed to the mainstream. And that's like the center of it all, the whole Epstein thing, which we we actually did talk about that last time, but we didn't people were kind of the one thing they were saying after that episode is they're like, I wish you would have stayed on that for a long time. So now the trial's going on, so we'll talk about it tonight. But you know, that's like a main symbol where it's just like Looney Tunes world. But what it feels like to me is that we are just seeing more and more stories pile up of people not just being like like people with attention and people in high up in pop culture, not just being like sexual harassers or something, but we're seeing people like how many fucking pedophiles are there now? Everyone's a fucking pedophile. Crystal Lee is a fucking pedophile. Like you can't – it's almost like – and I, I guess like that's a ledge, but still like – I mean he's texting like fucking 15-year-old girls. Like what is going on with the fact that like – I know this happens in regular America too. There's some fucked up people, but why is there such a gross distribution of people who happen to also have a lot of money who just like want to fuck kids? Like, I it, it it's sick and it blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> before I even talk about that, so just so I understand, Chris D'Elia, he is the comedian, right? Yeah, long yeah. black hair yep. kind of thing guy. Yeah. So before I even talk about the pedophile shit, which he may be one, I don't know. I don't know if he is, the, but like it was, the whole thing was sketchy. But he, didn't look you, you know that I, there's a show called You, which when I tell people about it, they basically say the title back to me, meaning like you watch that. <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, he is actually a pedophile in that show, and then after the show came oh, out, no. all of this stuff happened. So like, could oh, you no. imagine being this guy, Delia, sitting there listening to the script writers talk about his role in this? He's got to be like. Does somebody fucking know something? Is this like, am I... Someone could be so... People in positions like that who already are certifiably crazy for being that way could be so, especially with power, so into themselves that they actually don't think anything of it. Or they they deny what they are. Look, I don't know how you get there. But if you study psychology of people who have fallen from grace Mm -hmm. over time... It appears that a lot of them somehow in their head start to think that like, oh, no, but I'm different. Yeah. Well, it's like I look at the people who in the 90s when we talked about pedophiles, you know, even when we were young. I mean, oh, my God, you knew exactly what the fuck we were talking about. We were talking about those thick glasses, mustache, you know, m- nice collared shirt, you know, tucked in, wearing the New Balance shoes, you know, hey, you want to get some candy? So those people are out there, but then you have the totally other end of the spectrum yeah. in 2020 and and even in, in 1819, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, maybe Another guy even, on maybe Epstein's even Uncle Bill. I, I mean, you know. So we're talking about this is the same caliber in terms of morality we're dealing with. We're dealing with this guy on the left who we grew up thinking about to now, holy shit, it's all of these motherfuckers. I want to know what these people, where they come from. Like where Epstein and Maxwell originate. Like we 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 did talk about their backstory or her backstory a little bit last time. Like not much, but we talked about her father and all the sketchiness there. Mm-hmm. But like where are they just sick people who wanted power and liked being around it and then got dirt on everyone and corrupted anyone they could or not corrupted. Took advantage of anyone they knew was already corruptible because they were morally compromised that they got information on somehow. 
or were they backed by people? Which I threw that out last time about the whole like, well, were they backed by an agency somewhere? I I don't know. Or is this a part of some weird globalist conspiracy? <laughs> like, you know, where where all these people are are just they're playing this game, and the rest of us, including people who are like rich, who just like aren't in that, we don't know about it, and they're. They're like this society, like almost out of a South Park episode. I really wonder if that could actually have an element of truth to it at this point because – and we'll get to the trial once again. But like you see already things just being hidden completely in in broad daylight and no one does anything about it. I think left, right, and center could agree that there is a group, the the Epsteins, the Maxwells, that exists – they have – their knowledge is – we'll never know the full extent of what they know, ever. Um, I think that some people jump and say it's some kind of global globalist conspiracy. Um, you know, I think other people, uh, you know, will tell you that it's – it's this is what money can do. It, it creates these, you know, people that basically are, are never told no in their mm-hmm. lives. And if that's going to apply to um, run me an errand, I want that. Um, I want this person. Why can't it be? I have this weird, sick thought, you know, not saying we all have sick thoughts like these people do, but we all have thoughts that float into our head and then they disappear because we're fucking, we're you and I, we're normal people. Right. These people just may not be able to control that because they don't have to. And they just, they just, they're sick people who get to act on it. I don't know what the answer is, but what I do know is that someone wants these people gone Either locked up, considered insane, or just dead. And I, I don't that I, I don't know who that is, and I don't think we'll ever know who that is or what that is. The other question I, I have to ask, though, when you bring that up, because I do think about this, and and some people have when I've brought this up with people behind the scenes, they're like, "You're crazy, you're out of your mind, stop it." But I, I got to think about this because at this point, it's all so fake in the reality of things that like anything's possible. Is he dead? Who's he, who? Epstein? Yeah. I would think I was Is he dead? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I didn't go to his funeral. I I, I, didn't, I didn't perform the autopsy. Close autop- casket? I didn't perform the autopsy. Um I'm sure it was a traditional Jewish burial. So I mean <laughs> I don't you know, I don't I don't you have are an answer. Jewish, for, so you're allowed to say that. Yeah. Okay. I don't have an answer for you. Um you know, but uh you know, what I do know is that, you know, this guy is he had to have known he had he, he must have had a, at least an understanding that hundreds if not thousands of people knew what he was doing so the guy had to have an element to him that did not really feel shame for what he was doing now there's also an element to him that's human which is i want to survive and i don't want to be right. arrested but I, I just at that point after years of that for the guy to then just wake up in a jail cell and be like, you know what? I am so ashamed of myself. I'm going to hang myself. No. 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 I, well, I, we know it, that. He didn't it, kill himself. It doesn't, to me, that. that doesn't make sense. I, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and cite some text you know, for you. But it is a human, It to me, it just doesn't really make sense. Like even these serial killers, how often have they ended up killing themselves in prison? They've been killed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're also talking about sick, sick people, probably right. sicker than Epstein, honestly. And uh, so I, it's I, all the same spectrum. But yeah, I would think the serial nature of it. Yeah. 
yeah. um, which is the scariest part about it. I kind of consider that all the same. Like when you're a massive kid abuser and a massive serial killer, I guess you technically don't take li- I mean, some people do both, but I guess you technically don't take lives when, when you're doing that to kids, but you see how fucked up all these people oh, yeah. are. You basically, you, you, and like, I'm a guy, I can't even understand it in this case from the women's perspective, but you even look at like the Catholic church stuff and things like that. Like they ruin, whether it's males or females being abused as a kid, they, they ruin them forever. And it's, it's just a, it's a disgusting thing. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the numbers are, are probably staggering, but you have different walks of life, different resources for different people. So you have the people who, you know, it happens to them and, and somehow they're, they're able to remain successful. They don't want to ruin their careers, their families, their friends and the relationships. So they shut the fuck up and right. they move on with their lives. And then you have the other people who aren't as fortunate to have a support system. And you got people who, uh, you know, who decide to pull a gun out and, and start killing people, you know, or you have the people who, um, you know, continue to do uh, uh, fucked up shit and perpetuate this cycle of just, just, just destroying people. Um, but, I, you know, you're absolutely right, you know. The thing that I can never, I, I don't want to say accept. <sighs> When it comes to this guy, I am constantly frustrated by the fact that even people that you like in culture, he at least found a way to take a picture with him. I mean, there's like and, – and not everyone, but you know what I mean. Yeah. There are people everywhere who – like she even has a picture with Elon Musk, I think. You almost can't find people – you can, but it's hard – at the top of culture who can't have some sort of picture – Trace back to standing next to that motherfucker. I mean, even like Dr. Steven Pinker, who you know I love. He was technically in a couple pictures with him. Now, Epstein was the whole Harvard donor and everything. He definitely had some compromised people there, but he was always going to Harvard shit. Pinker's been at Harvard for a long time. It makes sense. But still, like, he has to answer that now. Like, Steve's got to spend the rest of his life with someone asking him, like, by the way, how well did you know Epstein? I saw the picture. It, it's it's kind of sick and then you also see other people in the pictures, though, who it's like, well, okay, there was a lot more there, and you kind of know it for sure. And the guy definitely right now who's in the news with that is Bill Gates. It's so fucking clear with everything. And so I get frustrated in the sense that whenever his name is near something, the waters are, are muddied, and you kind of have to – you're automatically fighting from the bottom of the barrel, and you have to defend so, like, if I bring up Pinker or something, like, I got to say, like, yeah, he it appears he didn't know him. But I also don't know. Like, I wasn't there. Right. It's scary. Yeah, I think that um, even with the, the flight logs, which I, I know we'll dive into the trial itself, but, you know, you look at these names that are dropped. Again, Spacey, Trump, Clinton. Yep. And... You know, we don't know about the people that are just in pictures. We don't, and, and and scarier than that is, we don't know about the people we don't know about. You know, and that that number mm. could be uh, in the hundreds, like I said, maybe the thousands. Um, I don't know how important every single one of those individuals. I mean, they probably are, have some, um, you know, degree of wealth that that brings them to that level right. uh, to to be in a, the same room as these people. But um, you know, I almost think that the one. Or the, the you know the, the one photo people, or the the one trip to the island people, 
it, it, to me, it, it kind of screams like you did enough to say, I invite everybody, you know, I invite Donald Trump, yes. I invite Bill. Yes. I invite them. I invite everybody. I I like famous people. I like rich people. I like to hang out with these people. Um, but what actually went on there, I don't know if these names that we hear have any fucking idea. I don't think they do. That's another thing, though, Like, because you just raised it right there. The whole Trump thing. Trump is the one guy, and I, sa- I said this last time, but now it's worth reexamining. But he's the one guy who across all these powerful people is actually on the public record like years ago in a bunch of different ways as completely calling this guy Epstein out. So he was quote unquote friendly with Epstein in the early nineties. They both liked women, I guess, assuming based on what Trump says, he didn't realize that Epstein liked girls. And so Epstein was down in West Palm Mar-a-Lago's down there. I believe it was he was a member at Mar-a-Lago. And then one day he came on to a 15-year-old towel girl. It got reported to Trump. And the, well, my understanding was Trump said, if you ever set foot on here again, my security team will shoot you. And the other story there that is not – this one is more hearsay from if you believe the prosecutors and everything. The other one is – in 08 or 09, when Epstein was taken to trial for the first time and what ended up being a sham trial, the one guy behind the scenes who was supporting the prosecution and helping them with whatever they needed down in West Palm there was mm-hmm. Trump. So like he has all these things and everything, and then fast forward to the campaign in 2015. I'll, I'll never forget this. This is like August maybe 2015, September, something like that. He's doing – I think he did an interview with John Heilman and, and John Halperin. Or Mark Halperin on – they were on Bloomberg at the time. They they had the political show and everything. And so you know the campaign's like starting for 2016 and he's like now this name. And as he was like leaving the set, the mics are still on and the cameras are still running. And he's like, oh, you got to ask about Epstein and everything. That guy that guy's touching little girls, taking people down to ra-. – he's saying this all on – no one did this. Right. And he's saying all this shit. So now the first day of trial – they, we'll, we'll just get it. Let's dive right into it. First day of trial, they interview the the pilot of his plane mm-hmm. or interview. They examine, yeah. cross-examine the pilot of his plane. And one of the mm-hmm. things they asked was Donald Trump ever on a plane. Yes, he was. This was not a news story, by the way. He took one flight from West Palm to New York in the early 90s, I think it was. So not to rape Island. But the media tried to run with it like, mm-hmm. oh, Trump was on the – you know, immediately tried to make that the story for like five minutes. But to me – I'm very curious to know why Trump is silent on this because his style is that especially when he has – when it's not something that he has to bullshit about and he has facts on his side, he does go right to the public with it. And he'll he'll post a video, I Donald Trump hated this man. You wrote the tape. I wrote about it in my book. He'll tell you all this shit. And yet now we're three, four days into the trial here. We're recording on Friday night podcasts coming out on Wednesday. And I haven't heard a word from him. And I haven't heard a word from him defending what happened with them trying to run with that the other day. And so that gets me a little confused because it's also completely antithetical to how he was for like two decades talking about this guy to whoever would listen. Well, I mean, I don't, first of all, I don't know which platform you would find Trump on talking about this. He puts statements out all the time, dude. All right. I mean, I've seen him, uh, I want to say as recent as 
last week, just flipping through the channels. Not that I would ever watch Fox News, <laughs> um, which that could be a whole segment talking about how that's just ridiculous for probably the reasons why a lot of viewers are like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, we'll get not there. conservative enough. What? No. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, he he was on Hannity, and uh, I think it did come me. up briefly. Um, but you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, this guy uh, he 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 his executive branch spearheaded. Um, to my understanding, is spearhe- spearheaded really human trafficking prosecution. Um, I mean, more so at least in the last probably decade. And that might just be a sign of the times. I think now because of uh, how advanced uh, or I should say how, you know, forensics has advanced, how easily it is now to track people. Um, I think it's easier to prosecute these cases. But at the same time, you know, I, I think he made it very clear what his stance is. But what I see, and I didn't take that from the trial, um, the comment about Donald Trump. What I thought, what I took from the trial was you have a, a familiar last name, uh, uh, Comey, who's in a, in a direct examination of the prosecution's witness. Uh, Can you explain to people who that is? Like, so so Comey, is? well, we all know we FBI all know Director big guy Comey. Comey. So yeah. FBI Director Comey, um, his daughter is also an attorney. Um, and she is one of, I can't even imagine, probably 10 to 15 uh attorneys actually prosecuting Maxwell. Uh, and she actually had some of the direct of this pilot and she is asking questions about all these different figures. And she, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump, well, I know that she asked a completely separate question outside of that line of question and like said something. I, there's no transcript yet that I've seen. I've seen like CNN quote what was said, which who the fuck knows at this point what they heard <laughs> or what they're writing. But, you know, she actually separates the question for Donald Trump. Which I'm sure her and her dad, they probably, you know, probably <laughs> give a little high five or whatever the fuck. Somewhere weird, Jim DiOrio is sitting there right now you know? going, fuck yeah, they did. Right, right. They're having turkey dinner like they do every Sunday, you know, American uh, flags hanging in their house and uh, high fived each other. But she separated. So, I mean, it, it was it was clear that, you know, the media was going to run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, One word answer, by the way. What's that? It was like, if I remember the script correctly, it was. Did you ever fly? She was going name by name, and mm-hmm. she goes Donald Trump, and he said yes. Yeah, I think it was. A, I think she separated from the list. I don't know if that was deliberate or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Uh, it might have just been emphasized, you know, the the significance of who was on the plane. I don't know. Yeah, he I was mean, the president. He was. The, it he is, was, it is right. important. Um, I'll agree with you there. But yeah, the media, <laughs> again, here's a great example. We have a uh, accused. I mean, I. I Listen, it, it's we'll call her what she is because she's not just some kind of orchestra. You know, she's no. she's not a conductor. She's also someone who participated yes. allegedly. So we're talking about underage uh, children being sexually assaulted, yes. courted, groomed, and the 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 running line for a lot of these outlets is Donald Trump was on this this guy's plane. Like we're not even talking about the fucking guy. We're talking about her. We're talking about these people. And yet, here comes Donald Trump's name by Comey, but I guess that was going to come out no matter what, no matter what her last name was. Yeah. But here we are, you know, talking about that and not really what what this is about, which is a sick um, person doing sick, sick things to the most innocent uh, people in our society. Did you see this headline behind you? 
That's from Bloomberg. I'm going to read this. This is a screenshot of Bloomberg tweeting out their own article. And the article is called Ghislaine Maxwell Jury Confronts Rare Case Alleging Female Sexual Predator, which I, I guess is like kind of a fact. But then what they tweeted above it. I'm just going to read it, and then we'll go from there. Ghislaine Maxwell's sex trafficking trial is set to be one of the biggest of the Me Too era, but the jury may have to grapple with a unique question. Is Maxwell herself a victim? I am all about, in our jury system, in our world today, where everything is tried in the court of public opinion before anyone gets a fair hearing on shit. I am all about giving people a fair hearing. What I am not about is... The corporate media in a landmark case that's now the biggest case should have been the second biggest, given the fact that he should have lived, but that's neither here nor there. But in what is the landmark case of possibly one of the sickest, sadistic, global conspiracies we've ever seen, what I don't need them doing is starting to poison the waters of people starting to ask questions and paint her as a sympathetic figure. As this trial goes on, if they don't want to absolutely nail her to the cross until the jury comes back, fine. I will not be a hypocrite. Mm. I will say just don't fucking say anything. Just report what happened at the fucking trial. But when I see shit like this and we hear about where they where the money is, the money's everywhere. It flows around. It sloshes around to people who are compromised. This is Bloomberg, New York guy, mayor, fucking billionaire, invented the Bloomberg. See somebody connected. Like – you have to ask these questions and wonder, like, how stupid do they think people are? And then also, how correct are they about that, at least to some extent of people who don't actually look at this and go, wait, what? Everyone should be looking at this going, wait, what? But I feel like people have tuned it out. I mean, so there's two things. The bigger issue is probably worth talking about a little bit longer than this first part, which I'll say. Do it. So essentially – they're, they're, they're putting the question out there. Is she a victim? I assume she's talking about a victim of Epstein, which I assume this toxic, you know, masculinity, this, this, this male driven culture, something like that. I, I, I'm not, I, I didn't really, I had to study some, uh, I guess I wouldn't even say I had a class really on feminism, but I mean, the topic came up frequently. So I don't want to, I don't want to portray myself as an expert, but. <laughs> You know, that's, a, I guess, essentially what they're saying. She's a victim of some kind of culture that, that, yeah. that makes her subservient or something like that. But anyway, I'll ask you before I keep going. Who was the guy that ran over the crowd of people in Virginia? Um, that racist motherfucker. The guy who killed the woman at the uh, Charlottesville? The at Charlottesville. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but I know okay, who you're so talking he, about. So, this is back in 2017. Right. And I think he ended up being like this, you know, Dixieland, you know, really. I'll look it up. Go ahead. But anyway, so we have this 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 racist Confederate flag-waving guy. Is he the victim of Abraham Lincoln? That's what I want to know. Is he the victim of Abraham Lincoln? Is he the victim of the Civil War? Is he the victim of uh, economic depression as a result of, of, of a nation no longer divided but now? I mean, is that what we're going to do with these criminals? Are we going to look deeply into you know these different socioeconomic or other excuse for why they act that way and all of a sudden forgive the behavior? You can't have that. There's the, you can't live in a functioning society where we, we try to, before convicting, forgive because of some social theory or some, uh, you know, it, it's just scary. But anyway, the, the, the real issue no, – a good point. The real issue is the headline and why this is coming out now. 
Um, the, the, there is no, after the Rittenhouse trial, it is clear to me, dude, the media is gloves off again with respect to the criminal justice system. They are not going to sit back and wait for a verdict. They are going to do everything in their power, whether that's stalking a bus of jurors. Yeah, I was going to say, you saw MSNBC literally do that in the open. Yeah, they stalked a bus of jurors. It's just, I mean, she I, should I, go to jail for that. I, I don't that? know what they're going to do about it. I know that she judge, go I know that that. judge ain't playing around. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> he not. Ain't playing around. And by the way, I, I haven't said, because I've talked about Rittenhouse now in two straight episodes before this, and it is an important case going on right now, so mm-hmm. we have to tie it back in. I don't want to go too deep on it yeah, tonight. Yeah, I got you. But one thing I haven't said, people have been running around talking about how that judge is like in the bag, like a Trumper and all that. That judge is a seven-term Democratic elected leader of a judge. He is literally the opposite of what they are calling him out to be. And I'm, by the way, I'm not even going to say his performance in that trial was all exactly the greatest thing. I think he could have sat back more and let it take its course because I think no jury in America was going to find that kid guilty. They were just going to think he was was a dumb kid who shouldn't have been there, but whatever. Like the video shows he defended himself. Mm-hmm. But like that's the narrative we play. And then to your point, like these people in the media – now it's 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 a game. It's a game to them. And they're like, oh, we, we can just do that. We can just like, you know, video the bus of jurors. They're not going to think anything. Else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're sick. Yeah. I mean, it's um, I mean, as a as a trial attorney, I know that and I, I realize I like to think at least that I am more uh, considerate of the system than uh some dipshit from MSNBC, <laughs> but at the same time, like we are instructed that I can't take a piss on the same floor of the courthouse as the members of the jury. They will separate which floor I can take a piss on. Naturally, the jury gets the floor that they're right next to, and I have to either go up or down an elevator <laughs> or stairs, which is fine. Good for you. Um, but, you know, these people have no shame, no consideration for the system. Um, and it's, it's all about, I don't know if it's a narrative, if it's money, if it's power, what motivates these people. But I mean, they are just doing their own thing and they don't give a shit what they ruin or what they affect along the way. And it's scary. I try to pick out patterns in my head and I go nuts when I do it. Cause you can just run with it. And this is what conspiracy theorists do. That's why I stop. I don't go, I don't go where they do, but I still have that moment a couple times a month where I start thinking about it. And it's where you take these different themes, you know, you grab an Epstein. Okay. A lot of people are pedophiles out there in in power. Okay. Then you grab the political system. All right. The DNC pushed out Bernie Sanders. The RNC couldn't control Trump. Then they went all around him. Now we got Corona. Now everyone's home. Oh my God. Look at Australia. Where's the money coming from? That's going into, Oh, it's coming from China. Okay. Now look at it. You know what I mean? You can go down this whole thing and start to time together. But one thing I am very confident in and not afraid to say is that we have incentivized, not incentivized, we have been assumed, we've been put in a position where we assume that we incentivize when actually the people just decided to do it. A elite controlled society where people in media 
empower, therefore, who are partners with them and control it. Tech platforms now, things like that. They run around and continue to convince ourselves to fight over certain things to distract from what's really going on. And that's not – I've shared that overall theory a hundred times on here and I'll share it as many times as I have to because I feel like we now live in this world where we are forced to see all these differences in each other to the point where it's almost like you're constantly on high alert and you're thinking about things that you shouldn't have to think about. It's almost like making you have these thoughts in your head when in reality we've never had more in common at any point in human history than we do now. The people who are – struggling and who get the most pissed off at shit like this, they might be people who look different and are from different places, even forget America, even from different countries. But they're part of the same problems. They're they're seeing jobs go away. They're seeing automation come in. They're seeing their personal rights die down. They're seeing absolute chaos in the media as you just opened up this whole thing about alluding to. They're seeing narratives that don't even make sense that then sometimes if they don't pay attention close enough, they actually believe. And then they also see that they can't see a dollar or whatever their currency is go as far as it used to because the government's printing it all away. And they can't explain it, but they know that they're living paycheck to paycheck and it's even worse than that sometimes. And there's so many people like this that like they should all – we should all be uniting. I'm, I'm in that boat, right? But we're not. Because we still listen to enough of the noise, enough of the muse here that yells in us like, by the way, remember, the cops killed a bunch of black people. Remember, by the way, this country is completely built on racism. Remember, you, your whole system of, of heterosexual, cisgender, white males, that's what ruined everything. And it's like, uh, okay, some of that stuff even has an element of truth of it. That's why you're able to say that. But then we take it to a level like we are literally living in 1865 or 1920 right now, and the system has to burn down completely or we're all fucked. And that's not that's not the truth. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I mean, this is why I like what you do. Um, and I think that's why there's hope for, I guess, breaking that kind of structure. Um, or that, I don't even want to call it a norm. Um, but it seems like they've been doing th- this has been around forever. This oh, yeah. tactic, oh, yeah. divide and conquer. Um, but you know, I think that through this pandemic, they, whoever they, I always say they, and that we never know what the fuck I'm talking about, but the powers that be, I, I, I think they need now more than ever to divide because if yes. they don't, we're all sitting here with our thumbs up our asses. Um, Without work, without you know childcare, without normalcy in schools, without um, you know the ability to see family without getting disciplined or ridiculed by um, career doctors or doctor, um, and without these these hot button issues that they they just shove down our throats, you're you're probably I mean you're probably right. We have a they have a major problem, and the narrative is killed. Um, but but yet we're you know we're not talking about the bigger issue. We're talking about things like this unfortunate shooting that happened in Michigan, where yeah. you know I, I I I know what's coming next, which is going to be the gun control conversation. I disagree completely. Well, what do you think is next? 
Spear, have you taken a straw poll of people who lean hard left on guns? No. Dude, the the pandemic ended gun control. That's why they're not making – it's not like as loud as usual for after the, even this thing. You know, They're making a news story out of it, but there's not – I saw one CNN person was like crying on the news about I, I hate covering these stories. But they, they've quieted down on this. They started doing it before the pandemic, but once the pandemic happened, everyone was buying guns, dude. Right. And I, I was always more conservative on guns. But I was admitted – you can go roll the tape on this podcast. Go listen to episode 16 with Mitch Laxamana. I was one of these guys who was like, I don't support banning AK-47s because I know they just come for everything. But I, why the fuck do you own it, right? Now, with with the full pandemic going on and, and really the, the thing that opened my mind was Australia. Just looking at that because it's basically like a gun-free society and I see what's going on there. Now, bro, buy, buy legally, obviously, buy every fucking gun you can. I am a full – and I'm very conservative on that issue because I've seen it in practice. And so I say that because you know, I, I'm somebody who probably leans a little bit left I, if we're going to be – if we're going to be more like liberal about it, not to be pun intended there. Let's say I'm down the middle. I also know a lot of people who lean hard left who they may not go as far as I just did. They're not going to do that, but they're not screaming for gun control anymore. They don't want it. I mean, what are you going to do with your gun, though? I mean, do you really expect to defend yourself from the government? I mean, what you act like you could just walk into uh, the Capitol un- unimpeded without getting killed. Oh, wait. Yeah, that did happen. So it's uh, being sarcastic. That's not what I mean. That's not what sarcastic. I mean. I know, but that's not what I mean. But I think you're right. I mean, listen, I I, I didn't go crazy. I mean, I, I, I own a gun legally. Um, one of 10 legal owners in Philadelphia, proud to say, um, <laughs> but, um, in all seriousness, I, you definitely I, sit up on that fucking roof deck with like Tony Soprano with your gun. No, no I, I don't. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, no live ammo. It's all blank. Um, <laughs> not an Alec Baldwin no, situation. Oh, totally say that. <laughs> that. I watched that whole thing anyway. I'll tell you about it later. All right, we'll get there. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, I, listen. It's it's scary what how easily we kind of, uh, you know, bent and kneeled um, in submission. But I think the people kind of did eventually come to their senses and say, "What the fuck? What just happened? Right. Wait, 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 wait! My, my kids can't go to school, you know." Um, so I, you know, I, I think you're right. I think overall they probably will depart from that for now. It, it'll be recycled as it always is, but. But you're, you're you're probably right. I think the hard left advocate for total gun control, the the Betos are probably few and far between right now, for yeah. good reason, probably. Yeah, it's it's an unpopular thing to do, and now they're t- they're talking about this whole thing. What the fuck is it called? Oh my god, there's a term for it in the Constitution because of the demographic switches of people leaving states and shit. Like where there's going to be, you know, the votes are the overall votes are staying the same, but there's now like the question of, from a state level, are people so pissed off that so many states like go red, that there's like a constitutional convention or something? Oh, you know what I'm talking about, where the states can say like we take away federal power to do this, this, and that. Which I think, I mean, the sounds of that to me, and I'm a states' rights guy, but I'm like. 
that sounds like end times if that happened. Yeah, I, uh, a buddy of mine, he, he said it uh, a while ago and before the pandemic. And for what it's worth, he's probably been saying it a lot longer than than most. But, you know, he, he know said in, in probably not in our lifetime, but in our kids' lifetime, uh, you know, we're going to see a major upheaval. And, you know, not I'm not saying collapse of Rome type of thing. But we're going to have a major, major conflict in this country and probably worldwide the way that this world is now, um, a domino effect type thing. But th- there's going to be major conflict. I, like I said, I don't think it's in our lifetime, but it's I coming. Disagree. I disagree. I, I think it's coming. I, I think – have you and I ever talked about the fourth turning? No. Some listeners – I've talked about this probably like four or five times before, so apologies to people who have heard this. But The Fourth Turning was a book written in 1997 by two historian sociologists who did the one thing that most or all historians never do, which is they didn't take the confirmation bias of the fact that they're a smart historian to then try to predict the future in a future that they would change of past patterns, right? So historians are usually the worst predictors of the future because – not because they all try to be, but they think I've studied so much I can predict, right? These guys just said, we're going to find patterns and then go like this, boop, and lift it right here. And that's all we're going to do. We're not going to say what or what or exactly what, but we're going to say these are things that happen, so expect that same pattern to occur. So they wrote this book where they broke the world up into – what they called a seculum. And we'll focus on America, but they've figured out this pattern since like the time of Jesus Christ. And a seculum occurs over about an 80 to 85 year period across four generations that repeat over and over. The generations of the prophets, the nomads, the heroes, and the artists. And the cycles that they come through are like the boom, the cultural awakening, the brooding of a crisis, and a crisis. And the artists, the last one I mentioned, are always age 0 to 21. It goes 0 to 21, 21 to 42, 42 to 63, 63 and up. And anyone above that, it's like, well, you know, they're an outlier. The artists are always kids at 0 to 21 when the crisis happens. The heroes are always coming of age when the crisis happens. The nomad, aptly named, is always in charge, 43 to 64 or whatever, whatever it was is that's like your prime. That's when you're going to be president or something like that. That generation's going to be there. So like the last time the heroes were in a crisis was World War II and they were the greatest generation fighting. Mm-hmm. We're the back end, the very back end of the millennials, but the millennials are the heroes and we are in a current 20-year crisis zone, which is what these guys predicted in 1997. So just to get a little fucked up in the head pattern to look at here, World War II, 41 to 45, 80 years ago. The beginning of a crisis period is usually in the first half has a has a financial crisis. The stock market downturn, 1929, mm-hmm. 2009 was the bottom, 80 years. Before that, the Civil War was 81 to 65, 80 years before. Before that, the Revolutionary War, 73 to 83, 80 to 85 years before. The shit comes in cycles. And so... What these guys said is that a climax of our crisis cycle will occur by, say, 2025. And so far, 
when you look at the first this millennium, which they were predicting in the 1997 book, they have nailed to a T everything. They said the great financial crisis, whatever it is, they didn't say what it was going to be or how it was going to be caused. They just said 2005 to 2010. They said the the movings of a great rise to the crisis climax will happen towards the end of the 2010s after a bumpy ride. I mean I could argue we had quite that in the 2010s and now we're in this period from 20 – about to be 22 to 25 where it's like, well, now it's going to go overload. So you bring this whole thing up talking about a kid you know, with the whole gun control argument and, and a kid who was 15 years old who went in there and, and took four lives and now you know, people are going to fight over it and it's a sick thing and whatever. But I, I went and I looked at this kid's YouTube page from when he was 10 years old. I went and looked at his Instagram page too which had – by the way, they missed all the signs. The, the school, if the news doesn't make a story out of the fact that everyone fucking knew this was – I don't want to say they knew he was going to do this thing, but he – by the last days they did. He wrote it on his fucking Instagram. If they don't make a story out of that, that's a disgrace. But the signs may have been there, but five years ago, 10-year-old kid, he's just a cute kid making videos with his – he's got friends, everything, looks like a normal kid. Then he goes through his hormone phase, right, where they start to come in after age 10, specifically 12, 13, 14. And what's happening when he's going – you know what the prime of that was like. I would say 13 to 17 was a fucking wild ride, mm -hmm. you know. So what's going on when he's in those ages where that's starting to hit 13, 14, 15? The fucking pandemic. So this kid who had these friends when he was 10 years old is now laid back from society, has far fewer friends. He's pissed off at, I mean, go look at his shit. He's pissed off at the world. He's blaming shit on other people. And his parents are obviously not the greatest parents in the world. They also appear to have some of their own angers directed at society. And he gets to this point. And I'm saying like, yes, this is one kid who did this. And we see far too many stories like this. But he's just the symbol of a greater problem. So when we talk about a crisis here, this whole thing, this pandemic, which COVID is a very real thing, but the cost that we have put on society with it, particularly to our youngest, most impressionable people, the artist generation growing up in this crisis, is at such a level that they are going to be psychologically ruined from having their most formative years completely fucked. And I don't know how – like you talk about when's this thing going to happen. These guys, the four turning guys, think it could happen in like 2025, like the actual thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean the patterns of when a, when a republic is in power follow that 80 year. Like it may just mean that was the beginning of the end and then the next 80 years is when it officially goes down the hole in the next cycle. Right. What are these kids going to be like when they're in the 21 to 42 coming of age generation? What are they going to be like when they're in the power generation, 42 to 63? They're depressed at the world. They don't understand people like we did. These kids are going into offices, to doctor's offices, and formulating new medical tics, no pun intended, because they're watching too much TikTok and they do weird shit with their body. They're getting fucking programmed. Yeah. I mean I – Again, I, I think that it, it, it's a spectrum of kind of 
I hate using the word socioeconomic because it just it, it it makes me feel like I am somebody I'm not. But in reality, we we you have to consider, you know, who we're dealing with. So we have this guy. Obviously, the parents are a little off kilter wherever they are right now. You know, Mexico, wherever. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, as of tonight, they were on the run. But their lawyer denies that they're on the run. So, yeah. Whatever. So I I still think though. That while it's it seems doom and gloom, there are people, kids, that are this generation you're talking about, that aren't this guy, that are going to go through the same pandemic. They'll do it with six siblings. They'll do it with families that aren't connected, like this kid may have been. Obviously, this guy had his own YouTube channels, um, you know, as a kid. I mean, yeah. we didn't have that as kids. I mean, maybe if and maybe if we were born when he was born, it would be different. But wait, Facebook. But maybe not. Yeah, your parents are still your parents. Our parent, my parents are still my parents. But you know, I don't know if it's going to affect everyone the same. Um, I think that a lot of people will grow up with somewhat normal childhoods, and this will just be like kind of looking back. Whoa, that that was terrible. Remember that? But um, the sad thing is, yeah, two years of trauma. Uh, in some kids' lives, that ain't ever going away. It's going to de- affect their development. Um, it's going to affect, obviously, their social skills. That's um, the worry, man. And trust in, you know, what, no matter how shitty it gets, trust in the, in this, this country. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 so they may not understand it like we do, but, um, you know, we, we, we at least look as, you know, these schools as like, they're like fucking churches. At least that's that's how I view them. I mean, they're the most sacred of places, pretty much. Can't say I love the people that are in them, advocating and teaching. But as far as the kids being there, these are like these are like you know sanctums. And uh, for this kid, it wasn't wasn't for him. No, but it's that's what I'm saying. There are a lot. There are a lot of kids who aren't fucked up like him. They're not going in. They're not even thinking about doing shit like right. that. But they're being fed the same bullshit over and over again. One of the things I do look at now, and I know different generations use different resources differently. I understand that. And I also know, talked about on this podcast, but they're just, Facebook's trying to, meta, is trying to kill off Instagram. They're just milking it for all the money it's worth. And they're, they're killing, they're, they're basically, they're making a fuck ton of money on Instagram right now. And Facebook. Yeah, they're cluttering. They're called Meta now. I don't know if you heard that. I know that I can log in through Facebook. Right. So <laughs> you're not an Instagram guy, but Instagram's UI UX used to be fucking incredible, and now it's a it's kind of a trash dump. I mean, I I, I get depressed scrolling my thumb through there. I can't even find people I know. Like I like I there's someone whose videos I interact with every, and I actually watch them like literally every single time. They do an awesome job. They're like quick videos. Can't even get them on my page anymore. Really? I had to go to their page the other day. I text them. I'm like, I haven't seen any in like the last four weeks. So Instagram's just like milking all this this money out of it. So that may also change how people use it. I've noticed it changed how people use it in my generation and like people I know. But I will look at a lot of these kids' profiles when it comes up, like someone I know or something like whatever it is, and. I'll see the same story. The kids who are coming up now who are 
as young as 14, but as old as 18, they'll have profiles that have no posts on them. A lot of them, like literally no posts, or they'll have like a couple memes. They don't post a lot of their own pictures or they post pictures that are from far away that no one can even tell it's them. It is completely different from the generation who was putting up their face filtered on fucking Visco <laughs> like a basic bitch yeah. everywhere and calling that, you know, like this is my life and this is what I am. But those same kids now are still on other platforms and even still on Instagram with the other generations subjected to a world where everything's burning around them. But all these other people seem to still have a good life and it's never going to be good for me because I don't even know what a good world looks like. These are the kids who grew up after the financial crisis happened. These are the kids who grew up in a time where our political system got flipped upside down and people started hating each other. These are the kids who grew up in a time where coronavirus stopped their world. And you talk about personal interaction and this is where I'll disagree with you. If you don't think that we're at almost two years now, who knows how fucking long they're going to keep doing this. If you don't think that putting a cloth on people's faces and having them have to look down when they walk through the hallways because they can't look up at people because they're afraid to get this fucking thing and spread it. It's fear, fear, fear. If you don't think that that is going to affect their ability to, to develop and forge real human relationships, I don't know what movie you're watching. And that's, that is what is going to affect society the most, in my opinion. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, makes me sick. I can't obviously relate to somebody in that age group because I'm a grown-ass man. And we're coming back to the Epstein yeah. trial, by the way. We're just on a sidebar. But, but um, you know, I, I will say that it obviously hasn't affected my ability to socialize, um, at least my capacity to socialize because I've done that. I've had the 13 and 17, which I will, I'll concede. I don't think anybody in this 13 to 17 generation is having, it's just not happening um, oh, for right. a lot of different reasons, just because shit, shit changes. Age I mean, 13. To I don't 17. want to sound like my fucking dad. Right. You know what I mean? Shit changes. Um, trends change. Um, but I will say that I have never been fearful of this virus. However, I have been fearful of the perception the public who is fearful will have on me if I don't act a certain way, mm. if that makes sense. Yes. The most common example I'll use is the office building I'm in, for the most part, including the employees that actually, you know, the management company that's in the building, you know, whatever they're doing, you know, whether it's, you know, janitorial, whether it's front desk, I mean – you know, they're they're rarely wearing a mask. If they are, it's you know, you get the halfies, you know, the Philly halfie, you know, whatever. Oh my god. But at that the shit same drives me nuts. At dude. the same time, I will walk in. If I walk in one day, I gotta make sure I got a fucking mask on me. I mean, I have changed, but still at one point, at one point, and this is because I believe in this shit necessarily. I know. This is because I don't want to deal with it. The what happened to me and I was fucking floored. So and I don't want to go on a tangent here, but do it. What we had for? we've been having virtual everything. Everything's fucking virtual now. Even we were at a point where even the meetings in the office were virtual. It's changed a little bit. So we finally, I had an opportunity to go two blocks down JFK, okay, to a defense firm, and we were having an in-person deposition. 
I was like bragging about in the office. I'm like, I want to go see some fucking people that I hate. <laughs> I'm gonna get to look them in the eye this time. So fucking sad. So I go over there. Um, I walk in the office, and as expected, you know, at the defense firms, traditionally are a little bit more conservative than the plaintiffs' firms. They don't have their masks on. Neither do I. They didn't really ask me about vaccination status, to be honest with you. I think the court reporter asked. Everyone has their masks off. We get the deposition done. Shaking hands. Good to see you. See you soon. I hit the elevator. I get in the elevator. There's a guy. He looks like, um, I forget his name. He's like a he's like the really short, fat comedian who's not really funny. He hangs out with Nick Kroll's group. I don't know his name. I don't know. But anyway, I'll think of it later. Okay. This guy is sitting in the back of the elevator with a mask on. I get on without a mask on. He goes, you've got to be kidding me. And, I, and I'm like, I thought that maybe I hit an extra button. And I was like, oh, shit. You've got to be kidding me. You come on this elevator without a mask on? I turn around and I'm like, I, I, I was speechless. I was speechless. I was speechless. He gets off the elevator and looks at me and he goes, you're a real asshole. Still speechless. And as the door's closing, I'm like, fuck you. And that's all I Good. can do. That's all I can do. And and you know what? It also not and, – and I don't blame you one bit. And you see that's my reaction. Good. Right. It even shouldn't be though. Right. I would do the same thing as you did in that moment 100%. I probably would have been a little more animated. But like this is madness, dude. I, I mean I – they did a number on me. You know, these people, the point of the story that I was telling you was eventually now I get to a point where I, I still, I keep this fucking mask. Sometimes I I wear it around my wrist, like a watch, just in case I feel like I'm in a situation where I better put this thing on or else I'm going to be in a situation where I'm going to have to fucking verbally assault or verbally get into an argument or whatever, whatever you want to call it um, because of this stuff. So, I mean, to get to your point which was how we started this whole thing is that's me who I basically, you you've went to college for four years. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot that could shake me. And this has kind of all, not, I don't want to say it's actually, you know, a Pavlov's dog situation, but yeah, I, it, it's getting there. Oh, that's and, 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 I haven't and, heard that. Yeah, that's great. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of getting to the point where I think it's, things are looking up. I think people are backing off because I think people, you know, listen, like you said, left, right, center, they're getting tired of this. You're Australian, European, American, they're getting tired of this. You know what I mean? Um, There's enough people who aren't, though. That's the problem. There are enough people who were so lost and had no hope and felt like everything, like the same people I talk about who even are pissed at this whole thing, there's another diaspora of them who have just decided it's never going to get better and this is actually the best thing that ever happened to them. They're forced to be locked inside and so they want to lock everyone else inside too to convene in their misery. And that's what scares me. And like there's a part of me that really empathizes with those people. But we've made political issues out of shit that is not even remotely political. And now it's – I love that you just said the Pavlov's dog thing because that's exactly what it is. You keep – once people take an attitude on something and you keep just reinforcing it down the line, and that's not a perfectly parallel example, but you understand what I'm getting at here. Eventually – 
it just becomes reality. Right. Same way that like if you like when I started doing this, my best because there's some of the shit going on with me. Like my we've talked about it. My best work comes late at night. So my schedule is weird now. You know, I'm up until 4 a.m. I wake up at about 10, 10.30. I used to be a guy getting up to work out at 4.45 in the morning, right? So now I'm the opposite, and there's a few different reasons for that. But in order to go back to that, obviously I'd have to get out of here because of some of the other shit. But yeah, there's a certain level to it where that would not just snap – even me, that would not snap a finger, that would be like, all right, I need to plan 28 straight days of getting up at 4.45 and being in bed and ready to shut my eyes at you know 11 o'clock at night or right. 10.30 at night or whatever. So once you've now made society fear all of this, and then you've also given them chaos by lying to them, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe some people didn't lie. They actually thought certain things were going to go a certain way, and, and maybe this thing is going to improve. You know, we people don't throw that out there. Maybe they are, even if it's big pharma companies that you don't like, and I fully understand that and agree. They buy the media, all that shit. Maybe they are going to come up with the thing that actually really does stop it. But since they haven't, and they said they did, the fact that you have all these people who are upset at that, but all these other people who seem to be oblivious to it, it goes to show you it's because they've been conditioned. Over and over and over again, especially people who, you know, lean very, very hard left, who only listen to that echo chamber. That's what that echo chamber's wanted. Ever since Trump got out of office or was starting to get out of office and this whole thing moved over to Biden, they now became the, we're all doing it. And if you don't, fuck you. You're an idiot. Listen to the state. You know, that's not what liberalism is supposed to be. Liberalism is supposed to question the state. And that's what disappoints me. And there are still a lot of liberals out there who feel that way, who are just disenfranchised right now. And I, I don't – I think the the train has left the station. I, I think the people who are dug in are dug in. It sounds like you think some people will go back and or are starting to just be totally sick of it. And there definitely are. I agree with that. But it's like are enough of them like that? I don't know. All it takes is one person in the room to be like, are we risking people's lives? And enough people to be like, yeah, we might be. Even if in their head they're thinking that's bullshit, but they don't do anything about it. So you have in this conversation about, you know, mask wearing, whatever you want to call it, you have the right side of the spectrum, which basically will point out the, um, you know, the BS for once. You actually have a, a, a group that it gets mocked for not really looking at data and science. Yeah, yeah. They're actually looking at it. Yeah. And they're questioning and they're criticizing these studies. I mean, you and I, we had to take a couple of biology classes on our, our way to our BS <laughs> degrees. Technically a BA, but you get my point. Yeah. And we would have, <laughs> we would have, we would have these, these, these case studies in our textbooks where you're talking about like 50 years worth of data. That's, yeah. that's compiled and, you know, and we're still at the end of the day, they're like, well, science is science. You know, you never know. Yet we have these studies that happen within six months, a year. Uh, you know, the left relies on it and the right says, wait a second. This is, this is like, 
the antithesis of everything you've told us all these years. Why now are you backing this pseudoscience when you're telling us that's not how things work? But the political side of it, why these people don't stand up in the middle, it's simple. The right and the far left of the spectrums, they go out and vote in numbers. They go in hordes. They're not the majority of America. They go out in hordes. And what the media does is one side of the media says, you see these lefty commie psychopaths? You better get out and vote. We don't want this shit happening. And the moderates right. say, yeah, you're, you're probably right. That's a little too much for me. Then you got the other end on the right. You see these gun-toting, they got guns in lines because of the voting <laughs> booths. And you got the, the people on the left who live in suburbia, who's, who's the mothers are like, and the fathers are like, oh, I don't want my kids around this shit. And, and there's no middle ground. They, the, the right, the far right goes out and votes, and they're being used by the left to say moderate left go out and vote. The, yeah. the crazy left goes out and vote in numbers, and they use them to say moderate right, you're going to be Soviet Union in the next couple of years. It, it, it's, that's really what it is. It's against the polls. The polls get people to go out and vote. A guy in the middle that says and sits down like maybe you do, let's talk about this shit. Sit down. Let's talk about this. Yes. Let, let's today's this topic. Today's gun rights. Tomorrow is, uh, uh, you know, uh, the the just abysmal education systems that are in place in these inner cities. People would probably be like, "Yeah, let's let's, let's talk about this." Shit. Right. These are all issues, but that's not what they want. They don't want that. It's alarming. It's alarming, and I I knew that. In the sense that not enough people are doing this, but over the past few weeks, especially, I've gotten a lot of personal messages and then even a few that were public too that like blew me away from people that, by the way, everyone who has sent me some stuff, especially, and people have been sending me things that are nice for a long time. So thank you to all of you. I want to say that. But just the ones that are in my head recently, especially just because it's fresh on the mind, thank you for putting that out there and and understanding where I'm coming from. But if I were going to combine all the themes these the fans have been hitting on why they like the show and, and why they've listened to it and, and, and enjoyed it as like a break from things, it's because, number one, I have all different voices in here. I will have someone like you. And actually, a perfect example, I just had Moose in here. Moose is actually not a perfect example because he's all over the place. But, like, I can have someone like you. I always cite this one. And Terrence Jones in here back to back. It's no problem. I get I get someone who's a lifelong conservative and someone who's a lifelong liberal. They both walk the talk with I think Horowitz right? is probably the biggest liberal you've had in here. No, not even close. Oh, Horowitz really? is a libertarian. I bro. just had to take a shot. Yeah. Okay. He heard that one. <laughs> but he's got to get pissed at that one. Horowitz, Horowitz podcast aged if people haven't gone back and listened to that listen to episode 17 alex horowitz dropped some fucking bombs in here and ignore the half hour where the two of us defended andrew como's response to covid (laughs) (laughs) but outside okay i'm wrong i'm wrong that that was a cold take i'll admit we were cold on that one but still the rest of it was great anyway but yeah i'm trying to oh yeah defend what what they were saying yeah like the thing that is alarming to me about what they were saying, though, is not that they're saying these things to me that I very much appreciate. It's that the connotation and even what some of them explicitly have said is no one 
does this. And what I know from talking to a lot of them, now some of them who text me are from, you know, very clearly left and some of them are from very clearly right. And they still say this stuff, which I'm cool with because I understand people are going to think different things. That's fine. That's any system. But like there are people who are texting me who are in that boat who are like, I just hate all this. Mm. You know, I just want to hear people talk about like we all want the same things, like the same themes I hit on. And yet very few people are stepping up and doing that, which I never thought about. So I'm not – I don't want to take credit for that. I never I never thought about that. I was just like, all right, well, I got to start a podcast. Let's, let's roll, right? And I just happen to be in this zone where that's how I think based on my life experiences. And now a lot of people appear to be incredibly refreshed by that. And so what I say is, okay, I'm some asshole in Jersey doing this. All the other people who are thinking like this, I'm not – maybe it's not a podcast. I don't know. Maybe it is. Do something like this. Work something like this into your life where other people can benefit from hearing that people can be civil. And people can – you know, they can argue too. They can have disagreements. They can have fun. They can – like the, pop culture and culture is about having fun. It's about having a, a peaceful society where people can – can bullshit but you know they can also be serious and they can also have hard discussions and not hate each other afterwards that's that's what i like to do in here i like to keep it because that's how i talk with people in real life i like to keep it heavy and light i like to be ridiculous where people are laughing at me and then also you know serious where people are like whoa i wonder what that guy's gonna say now you know there's a benefit to both of it and maybe it's my own confirmation bias that i don't think it's that hard but i actually I actually believe that there are a lot of people out there who could, you know, they're going to do it in their own way, but they could have conversations like this. And if more people could see that there are so many people like that who are just not crazy, more people might have faith in the system and more importantly, faith in the ability to change it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it it comes down to, um, again, the polls, the political polls, um, What's his name? Uh, who I know a lot of people don't like. I, I I can't say I'm the biggest fan of him. I think he's kind of he thinks he's more cerebral than he is. It's uh, Jordan Peterson. Um, I'm pretty sure I got his name. Right. I like Jordan Peterson. So Jordan Peterson uh, is is being interviewed, and I believe it's an Australian um, talk <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, I've seen this. And you know he starts basically saying, you know how how can you expect me? To under, how do you expect to understand me if you won't even listen to what I have to say? He goes, I've been here, a perfect gentleman, polite, listening to everything you had to say. And I can't sit here and say I agree with everything you have to say, but I've listened to it. And now I am smarter because I've done that. I am tired, and I haven't been called it, fortunately. Maybe I don't talk enough. Maybe you know I can learn from you in this sense. But I don't get called a bigot. I have ideologies that I know – the talking heads would say, this is one of them. <laughs> Go find them in the restaurants. Pull them out on the streets. But um, at the same time, it's like I sit here and listen to all of this, yes. the same points. And it's a shame because I think the good stuff is drowned out. Um, you know, I think that I was fortunate enough to hear in college ideas from certain professors. And while, you know, I can't say I agree with everything. I learned. You took. I will give you this credit too. 
Because you, I mean, you were the guy walking into the bar. You couldn't do this these days, but you were the guy walking into the bar with the God guns and infidel shirt, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And and yet, I've told this story before, but you'd be the guy hugging it out and talking with the biggest leftists on campus. And like, that was a real thing. Like you and Darby were like good friends, which was, yeah. today, I don't know if that could happen, but like, which is sad, but that was incredible. But still, you, to your credit, you took like, what was your official major again? Political science. Yeah. yeah. And you were, you purposely, I guess, put yourself in some of the most quote unquote opposite belief type classes that would exist on that campus. And maybe it wasn't like it is now because that was a little before shit got crazy. But yeah. still, I always want to give you credit for that because you're a very clear conservative scholar, all this thing. And, and yet you at least do expose yourself to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, meat really pushed me to get into some of those classes. <laughs> you know, he was, he was, he was, you know, he, he'd be muttering this shit in his sleep. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> he was muttering cigarette box, where are you at? Where are your at? Um, but, uh, no, in all seriousness, yeah, I mean, it was different. I, I had, you had guys like Darby who, yeah, I mean, we, uh, every Thursday would be the, uh, the, you know, let's, uh, let's have our first tea. You know, casually kind of wave to each other and say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, good Long to see Island you. iced tea. Long Island iced tea. Yeah. Uh, Shit was dead. The next, the nice, the next Long Island iced tea would then be, "All right, let's let's take a stroll outside. <laughs> we'll let Quinn mediate this thing over a cigarette." And uh, and I don't think he, I don't think Darby ever smoked. Actually, I think he would just come out just to just continue. Oh, arguing. what a savage! He really would do that. I don't think he smoked. Uh, he definitely didn't. No, he I don't like think a good he kid. did. But, uh, you know, him work. and I would be going at it, and then, you know, you hear Quinn, he'd be like, well, you know, listen, at the same time, <laughs> this is really a human issue. And we're, me and him were just like, shut, just, just Quinn. We'll talk about, you go, you, you go talk about that now. I'm just kidding. Quinn, Quinn, can you call us, brother? Seriously. I, I, public service announcement. He's out there. He's out there. The kid's a fucking ghost. Yeah. Anyway, can talk about, talk about brilliant guy. But anyway, the, brilliant um, fucking guy. But you're right. It, there's no, uh, it's so hard to find common ground and it's getting worse. Yeah. I mean, it is getting worse and worse. Um, yeah, we had a unique thing going there at that school. I, I, I truly believe we did. And it was a good time to have it too. I didn't appreciate it at the time because yeah. we didn't, we didn't really see you did a little bit towards the end, but not many of us really saw how this was going to go where there was going to be such tribes with it. Like you could see some signs of it where it's like, all right, that's not the greatest, but I don't think anyone envisioned even when we were in college in 2015, seeing, you know, what the whole Trump Clinton thing would become. I don't think people, I don't think anyone was thinking about like, well, what's a Trump presidency going to look like? Like these weren't, there was no way to simulate that, right. and there was no way to really realize it. The hindsight's twenty twenty, but I definitely regret the fact that I didn't stop and enjoy that then. I enjoy it now, thinking about it, like when I would watch you guys. Because I, I was in college, I was a very liberal individual, but I was not an asshole. I was more like, hey, I kept to myself with it, you know whatever i was a big fan of obama and all that and i would kind of i would never talk with you about it because i would just listen to you quinn would argue with you all night it was hysterical to watch and drake would walk away because he's like fuck this i can't deal with this and i just sit there and fucking eat my popcorn drink my beer and have a good time but now you know that or like talking with darby 
it's like, God damn. I wish I could have captured that in a bottle on video. One thing I didn't fucking video the whole time, but yeah. you know, <laughs> seriously. And like be able to play that for people now and say, this is what we need right here. Watch these two people. They don't agree on a single fucking thing. And they're buying each other drinks, hugging it out, smoking cigarettes when one of them isn't even smoking and having a good time. And yet that can't happen now. Well, fucks uh, me up. I, I think a part of it, and, I, and I, I'll keep saying it because I think it's it's going to apply to a lot of, of what we're talking about, is the, the, the spectrums here. So, you know, I know, you know, not going into his business, but in conversations with, uh, I don't, I don't know if Darby listens to this, but holy shit, man, he's he's going to be a hot topic at least for the next ten seconds. But he, uh, you know, I know his background without going into detail was different than mine. Um, yeah. yeah. But we did share one thing in common. We were, we were at a really freaking good school, and we were able to go out on a Thursday night and spend ten dollars on these freaking, uh, uh, basically bottles of bro. They were alcohol. Incredible. They weren't even drinks. They weren't and uh, that was the best ten dollars God ever spent. Right. So you know, a part of me is saying to myself, you know what? We we had a lot of good things going. So sure, for us, the conversation was just that. It was a conversation. But the way the media portrays these topics for some people, it's perceived as life and death, livelihood. Yep. So am I going to get shot by a cop? Yep. Am I going to get killed? By white supremacists. And, and listen, they will point, they take, I'll give them this, they'll take examples that are real. They will take problems yeah. that have an yeah. element of truth to it. It's not like everything they just make up. Right. We talk about these issues. I think the fact that we still have to deal with race problems in this country is an embarrassment to me. I just happen to know it's not 1860 out here, mm -hmm. right? Like there's a middle ground with it where it's like, all right. We gotta fix this, but like, we're getting there. Let's let's at least point that like this this is getting there. This is this is still fucked up. Let's fix that. But like this this part's get. We don't do that because that doesn't sell. They say America is this horrible country and it hates you if you're not white and everyone's white who's not black, right? Like we've made Jewish people white. We've made and Moose had some good arguments on this, but like we've made Greek people white. We've made you know what I mean? Like it's now this whole thing where it's like, wait a second, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Everyone should be able to have their own cultures too and exist peacefully and, and also in their own ways at their own decisions, assimilate with each other and not have any basis to to judge people against another based on their appearance. It's very common sense, yet we still struggle with it. So what they do is they take that, they rip that band-aid off and they say, No, 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 it's it's not just it's not just a wound that needs stitches. It's like, yo, your body's leaking, you have hemophilia, you're about to die. And and everyone gets scared. And then they take those examples you're pointing to and they say, This is the rule of everything. It's not these exceptions here. And I'm not saying they're all exceptions. I'm just using a broad generalization. Right. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I think that what you're doing is important because you actually, the people that want to sit here and listen, I hope that some of them, if not the majority, will say to themselves, I have these thoughts all the time. Right. And I either don't have anyone to talk to about it, I'm not comfortable bringing it up to people that I'm not close enough with, or I just genuinely, um, you know, just don't want to have the conversation for whatever reason, but... You know, it needs to happen. It has to happen. 
because this is not it's a shame because we're involved so we're obviously invested in what we're doing right now but why is it that what we're doing is somehow less important than Andrew or Andrew Cuomo, uh, uh, Chris Cuomo up there, you know, looking at looking at the TV, you know, saying, uh, you How, know, why are they so zoomed in on his face? I don't know. It's probably his idea. Like I would they're think. so zoomed in. I know. It's like like the gorilla. Did you hear? Did you did you hear? <laughs> see, you need, I even have to have the second uh, the second pour or the second sip of the next pour, uh, and I already feel a little drunk. But so. I heard that Brian uh, Humpty Dumpty, uh, apparently today he came out and he goes, so he had the most highest rated show on all of CNN. And this is, so first of all, I'm starting to wonder what's going you know on with those two you guys. Know that's, but, that's our boy's neighbor, right? What's that? Humpty Dumpty. Who's Humpty? What do you mean? That That's his neighbor. What do you mean it's his neighbor? It's his neighbor. Where? His parents' house? Yeah, so it's not his neighbor anymore. But That used neighbor. to be his neighbor? Yeah. I, I which he's running around like I'm not gonna say a legitimate I, neighbor to legitimate like, yeah. like to his I'll left or you, to his I'll, right. I'll, I'll tell you after. Yes, I'll tell you because I pissed in both directions. <laughs> I, I, I think I might have got him, but uh, but he went on, he went on anyway, and he was like, he, you know, he's talking about Cole uh, had the highest rated show ever. They can't even get the news <laughs> about their own network right. He was wrong. It wasn't even the freaking highest rated show on CNN. So it's just like, oh man, these people. It's Don Lemon, baby. Was it Don? Donnie Lemon? I don't fucking know. No, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't even know. I think the, I thought Don Lemon was on MSNBC. MSLSD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what to say about it anymore. It's And it, it's not... You can find a few shows here and there, not that I'm watching any TV, but you can find a few on certain channels where it's not too bad, but you know when they are? It's like midday. Yeah. It's like 2 o'clock. You can go find people on CNN. You can go find people on Fox News who aren't the worst thing God ever created. But they're on when fucking actually like legitimately 10 people are watching. You know, they got they got 1,000 people watching at night. But those primetime shows have the name brand recognition so they can cut that shit up for social media. Yeah. And so it, it, does, it does the job. And that's why, you know, when you see a story like this latest Cuomo thing where he's like literally interfering in investigations as a fucking journalist, no less, you know, it matters and CN give CNN credit suspending them, which they had to do, but you know, we've seen crazier shit where they just cover up for stuff and you know, we'll, we'll see if he ever goes on TV again. I don't know if he will. Well, I said that everybody should be doing this and I, I, I honestly, even podcasts, I think people should consider doing, yeah. he should not. He should not fucking do it. He should just just go home, uh, sit around his yard, bare ass naked, <laughs> and just 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 wilter and and wither away at this point in his life. But he probably won't. I'm sure he'll do something. Um, but uh, but what a family! I mean, what a family! How do they get there? How, how do these people get there? How is one here? This one's on. It, 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 it like blows my mind. And the writing's on the wall. I mean, the one guy, uh, uh, the brother, uh, Fredo, you could you can't even approach the guy and criticize him. He'll like come after you. You can't. Oh, even, yeah. It's not like LeBron probably gets called every name under the sun and just walks off the court. This guy who has a 
really, I don't think he's accomplished very much in his life besides somehow getting his ass in that chair. You say something to him, he'll he'll chase Bro, you down the be, street. He'll be doing the fucking 110-pound dumbbell over <laughs> his head and fucking talking shit to I you. I know. It's like, dude, this guy's like, these guys are angry dudes. And like, oh, man, it's just, it's just crazy. It's the Italian blood. You know how many Italians out there are probably like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. I don't, like, you know, I lived up in, in North Jersey for the last five years. And it's like... I don't know any Italian Cuomo fans up there. I no, gotta tell you, man. No. I, I can't. Like I can't count freedom. on one hand. <laughs> like, and, and it's it's just like, but yet they'll sit there and 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 you know he'll make all the all the Italian references and jokes like he's this wise guy, and then his brother's like kind of a wise guy. You know, it, like it 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 like has this weird truth angle to it because his brother's like running this bully pulpit where we touch women in the breast and we don't ask. We don't ask questions. We're Italian. My mother taught me, so we kiss. My father, he kissed. I kissed Bill Clinton. <laughs> like, dude, he, he, I think he actually said that. Dude, dude. he walks. The, the the governor walks around these these events. He's like midday events. We're not talking about. We're not talking about at some freaking nightclub in Manhattan. We're talking about midday events. It just says, "Oh, I like that sausage in your mouth." Like, <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> like this guy got away with this for this long? <laughs> it's just like we're in the afternoon. You know, sister sister Mary Beth is next to the lady. Like, is she talking to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like twelve o'clock at a freaking nursing home. Uh, I mean, these people, they're just up I mean, but Joe's the Joe is the he is the king of all midday touching and kissing and feeling of, of anybody. Um I don't think he's a pedophile though, now that I know what a real one is, thanks to 2019 through 2021 but boy man he is just he just uh. all right well there's a good spot to turn it over to uncle joe here because i know you were honking your horn for uncle joe last year remember that all five of us yeah (laughs) and by the way like i like how this episode is going this conversation is going because i never know what the episode looks like till after but we're we have like a meta theme here of Epstein, hmm. and we're working in in the crevices of it, and we're gonna come back to that and work it back around. But that feels very fitting because I don't want to ignore this trial like so many people are. But anyway, on Biden, where he's at right now, not that he's Epstein. That's not what I was saying at all, people. I'm just saying all the little things we're talking about. But to me, you know, I've always called it the Biden administration. <clears throat> Because that appears to be more what it is. I, I think he didn't want to do this. That's just my opinion. I think he's an old man who wanted to be retired. And for whatever reason, they said, you got to do this. So, you know, he's not with it the way a president needs to be with it. I think pretty much anyone knows that. I also think that most people, and I totally get this, voted for him because he wasn't Trump. And so there's a lot of people who voted for him who didn't endorse him or anything, and that's fine. I, you know, that's that's the nature of where society was last year, and I get that. But it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen for the first several months. I mean, it was predictable. The whole like when they started the post-vaccine push where it was like, all right, we're going to take the masks off and whatever. In May, they waited four months to do it. Like there was a certain amount of political theater. I saw through that shit right away. But the bar I had was so low. It was so low. 
that I was almost, you know, I'm sitting here in like the end of July and I'm like, you know, all right, you know, I, I don't really like what we're seeing, but this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then Afghanistan happens. And then we get into the whole where they start talking about the booster shot with everyone and, and not being honest about what it is and all that. And then we get to the the continued, and this was happening from the beginning, let's mm-hmm. be frank about this, the continued just comedy skits. They're literally Saturday Night Live skits of this guy trying to talk. And now it's it's gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is real bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of sad to see. I, I, I don't... I think he wanted to do this. Somebody that's a career politician like him, uh, who isn't—he's um, he, not brain dead. You know, he's still—he's not. No. He's still a, a man that has yeah. thoughts, feelings, aspirations, <clears throat> hatred. You know, all of the emotions that you know we feel. Um, so I, I, I disagree that he didn't want this. I don't think he wanted it as badly as others wanted it for him. Um, but I guess I'm with you in the sense that he didn't need this. Um, but at the same time, again, knowing him and I could tell you, I have a, I'd say close friend of, of my parents, <clears throat> not necessarily of me, but I've met this couple on numerous occasions. I will never say their name. Um, they were members at the Wilmington Country Club. Oh, where I caddied for five years. Right. So maybe we have what to talk about. Fine's brother-in-law all the time. Yeah. So um, they, I had a conversation with uh, the wife of this couple, and she was not at all surprised that not only was he tapped, he was as eager as he appeared to be to do this because that was him. I mean, he... Off camera, you're going to tell me who this is. Of course. Okay. Because right. um, I definitely know them. This is kind of, I think, his uh, the, the last stop on his political journey. Um, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But, well, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, where we are now, I, my, I, I was very disappointed, at least in the first few months, um, topic by topic, but more importantly, which Afghanistan, which deserves, uh, you know, some thought. You know, the, the the border crisis was a mess. <clears throat> they what was okay? Can you go into what was going on there? So it started with undermining um, years, four years of a concerted <laughs> effort to not only empower the border patrol um, by way of uh, actual support, monetary support, um, support from the federal government in terms of you can go do your job and. We're going to ensure that the fruits of your labor are actually, you know, something that you can, at the end of the day, say, I prevented this from happening to this like person. Ice, uh, ice the, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, uh, the story we all hear is the mother and her daughter crossing over, running from cartel members. Uh, her Her village is burning behind her, you know, and... That exists, of course. That it does. That scenario yeah. exists. Yeah, does. I'm not ignorant to that fact, but there are major, major problems with having an open border or 
if not having it, not supporting those who are actually there to defend the border from not just, you know, terrorism or 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 drugs, but but also human rights violations. Um, you know, also uh, child trafficking, also um, you know, crimes that again we prosecute to the fullest extent of the law inside our country with right. American citizens. Right. But you know, so that was a mess. Um, but but yeah, the Afghanistan exit was was a little shocking, and. I think even more shocking was it it was really covered by the news outlets, even those that seemed to be friend of the administration. So and I never understood that. Um Cuz then they stopped. What's that? Cuz then they stopped. That's that's this is real. I'm glad you brought this up. I haven't brought this up once on this podcast, but they they did exactly what you just said and it seemed like, "Oh, maybe are they going to turn on them now? Like what's the plan here?" And then back to normal. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of suspected there would be a little bit of that, but it was kind of highlighting just the instability there. And I guess at the end of the day, it may have actually benefited the administration because they're actually showing and demonstrating how volatile the situation was. Maybe it justifies how quickly they departed um, versus a more of a strategic, let's just get the F out of here and, and move on. Um, type of decision making. It was more of like a we got to make a call here. It's this bad, so I don't I don't know why the media covered it the way they did. It could have just been the fact that they wanted they wanted ratings, and and yeah. that's usually what it is. But the bottom line is, um, you know, we made strides in. I thought the Middle East, um, you know, brokering peace deals where we could, um, trying to create some. Uh, if not a government, but just some organization in these countries that, that would hopefully lead to stability versus... But, but hold on. You have to say this, though. We did... The first year in Afghanistan, I think if you went and reviewed the tape, we, we did a pretty good job. You know, we, we went there and, and we took the Taliban out of power. They were people who had supported Al-Qaeda. It wasn't Al-Qaeda, but they were the people who had openly harbored them. And, and, and we went into the mountains of Tora Bora, and the, the only thing we didn't do was get bin Laden, which some people think we we were not aggressive enough in the sense that we could have had him a couple times and didn't, but whatever. Like The rest of it seemed pretty good. But then we went to Iraq. Hmm. And we stopped. Iraq had – look. Saddam Hussein was an awful human being, tortured his people, mm-hmm. bad guy, not unhappy that he's gone. Right. The problem is he had not only nothing to do with 9-11 or the terrorists. He, this was one thing Trump was right about on the campaign trail in 2015, that he got away from this message. And he should have repeated this forever, in my opinion. But he killed terrorists. He didn't like terrorists. So, like, we did this whole war. And created a quote-unquote two-front war and then completely destabilized Afghanistan through that. And Afghanistan was basically allowed to have this cyclone of confused people who were in the middle of the old school trying to fight back for the lost power while the, while the enemy, quote-unquote, was taking their eye off the, off the ball and not paying close enough attention so they could actually build versus the new school trying to bring in democracy and created this divided society. So it sounds like something pretty familiar that then 20 years later that chicken was allowed to roost. 
Yeah, I mean, I, again, I I think we could sit here all day and talk about U.S. intervention in the Middle East, Gulf War, when some of our greatest foes were allies at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess my bigger concern about what happened was it was such an obvious attempt to undermine both fronts. I'm talking about the border and Afghanistan. Such an obvious political effort to undermine the former president's, uh, I mean, they were, it was policy, effort, whatever you want to call it. And it's a shame because when we see it all the time, these, and it's not just Republican, Democrat, we see one wing, they make a, they make a stand in one area, whether it's domestic, foreign, whatever it is, you see progress, you see things kind of looking better for whoever, you know, whoever the effect it is at the time and that exact, you know, whether it's inner cities here, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's Europe. And it's like the incoming uh, administration like has to tear the shit down. It's like, Mm. it's like a fucking birthright. They like have to tear it down. And it's like, no wonder we can't get shit done. You got four years of this guy. Maybe you get another four years of that guy. Um, But after eight years, we're tearing that down. We're starting fresh. You get four mm. years this time, tearing it down. We're starting fresh. It doesn't surprise yes, me we're in this cycle. It doesn't. And and, and I, I don't I don't necessarily buy into well you know you have a you have a multi party system in Europe and this is why it's the same shit. The ideologies aren't that different. Um, but I think that in our in our country at least. It's so uh, cyclical. I mean, even the stock market, you can you can you can predict. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I, I know Morgan Stanley. They, they send out the uh, uh, before the elections. They'll send out uh, statistics. Your Morgan Stanley advisor. Yeah, right. They send out uh, statistics on what to expect when you have a, a Republican House versus Democratic Senate, dual Democratic House Senate, dual House Republican House Senate. Uh, with a, I, I mean, it's like it's it's data driven. I mean, they right. know what they're going to expect because it's so cyclical. It's the same shit over and over again. So, I, I think Afghanistan is an example of we had it going this way. New administration comes in, and the only thing Biden did wrong was holy shit, man! They fucking left and they left in a hurry, and then they went, oh shit, yeah, we forgot, we forgot about two dozen people. <laughs> um, you know, I sh- I'm, and, not, uh, I'm not laughing because it's uh, just like I, but, it's no, laughable because it's, it's like crazy. But it, it sounds it sounds stupid uh. and silly when you think about it and talk about it, but it's kind of what happened. But the other thing I just heard, which I I, I couldn't remember, even it's not even I don't want to try to conceal this person's identity. I don't remember who told me it, but evidently at McGuire, they have like hundreds of Afghan refugees just sitting in these, in these military bases. And they're now trying to send them to different parts of this, in this circumstance, different cities in New Jersey. Um, I think Mal Holly was one of them where they're considering, um, you know, actually relocating all of these, yeah. uh, uh, these um, Afghan refugees, but it's like it's like we're just like babysitting people. It's like, and if they if they, and it's not that. Here's the thing, though, it's also not their fault because we came and and I, I know you know that. Like we came in there and we had to, and we also like at first great liberated them mm-hmm. from this whole thing. We let women go back to college and have a, you know what I mean, and now. 
because we like gave them hope and then said, oh, by the way, yeah, fuck you. We'll, you guys figure it out. And then let these old school people find power again. We've now left them holding an empty bag. And and but to be clear, you're not just talking. To, you're not necessarily talking about like the translators and stuff that we left behind who helped us literally no. like in our efforts. You're talking about regular people. Oh yeah. And I get that. Yeah. And it's not to say like you don't get that either. It's just like I look at that different in the sense that it's it's a little bit of a responsibility too that. As an American citizen who's never been over to Afghanistan in, in service or anything like that and knows what I know based on what I see, right? Like there's a limited amount that I could know. I think it's pretty easy to tell that there are a lot of victims that we gave that false hope to who now there's a sense that we may owe them something. As a human being, I, I'm i with that. No, you can't um... – you can't take it as far as putting these people, wherever they're from, through military operations, military uh, using military equipment, drag them over to. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not even talking about like you know Germany and Poland. We're talking about from the Middle East to the United States. Yeah. Which I don't even want to sit on that plane ride, let alone be uprooted, um, whether you want to go or not. And uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden say yeah. Um, you know, sorry, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to figure something else out. Yes, when you take them, oh, like send them back, right? When you take, oh, that would be a mess. I when agree you with take you there. them into this country, um, knowing their situation and why they're even in, in, on that right. plane. Yes, you unfortunately at that point. And I don't say unfortunately because of the type of people or the, or where they're mm-hmm. from or, or what their beliefs are. I'm talking about unfortunately when you take such control over someone's lives because you can. Mm-hmm. Yes, you you can't just then turn around and say, "Yep, oops, we made a mistake." Exactly. Um, so I said, now I understand. You know what? I jumped on you a little bit there. That's my bad. I understand where you're going now. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's and you know I don't know. I I still think that the border is a little different. The southern border is a little different. Um, I don't think it's. I mean, I I I, I think it's a little different, even culturally, um, than the Middle East. You know, we share a lot in common with South America. Um, How so? I mean, well, I mean, you, you can literally cross a land border. Yeah. But, um, you know, religion, uh, you know, they, they're, you know, Roman Catholicism. <laughs> it's just like, you know, as, 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 I mean, we are, I guess we are a Protestant country, but it's <laughs> um, <laughs> <this> fucking Irish. <laughs> but, uh, and Italian. But, anyway, oh, um, you know, they, uh, there are some commonalities, so I think it's different. But listen, the bottom line is um, you, you, you got to take care of your own in that situation too. You know, you, you don't want to leave uh, people behind. Listen, yeah, Hillary Clinton. And here, you know what? Maybe Bloomberg wants to talk about this. You know, Hillary Clinton, Benghazi. Okay. <laughs> You know, and I'm not saying I'm not just going to start doing hot topics and just you know. That sounded you know, like Benghazi. You that know. sounded like Trump. Benghazi. Benghazi. Look at it. But if you think about it, how come how come Hillary Clinton wanted to put her in jail because because there was a there was an insurrection that the CIA may have or FBI I should say may have known 
uh, there's a potential for insurrection <laughs> in occupied middle. Whoa, I mean, these guys are sophisticated. You know, this is sophisticated intelligence here. They thought there might be an insurrection, but uh, in all seriousness, they were re- they were literally take her out to the freaking shooting yard. And yet Biden just says, oh, yeah, well, listen, we were in a hurry. You know, we left some Americans behind. <laughs> that was and... four or five days ago. Right, right, right. And nothing. And nothing. Oh, yeah. And they're talking about, you know, a decade, not even. Difference. You know what, though? The the extreme affects both ends of it. You're right. It's like that went away. Yeah. And they they were hard on him for like a week. I was like. Oh shit! Right. Like even Stephanopoulos made him look bad. Like straight, like the selective editing in that interview. I was like, I thought they were interviewing right. Trump. It was fucking nuts. But the other side too, and I get it. Like when when you lie to people so much, the idea that some people are going to assume that there's no truth is a reasonable thing. I hate to say that, but and and it pisses me off sometimes because I'm like, really? Like, are you really gonna? But once I once I step back, I'm like, hey, I get it. Like, you've been lied to so much, you're gonna start to think that nothing's there. And like, there there was there was one video I put up on on the platforms that for whatever reason on YouTube it actually clicked, which is like unreal. But it was it was a 23 second short where I was just talking about the airport in Afghanistan. Where you see like a few people falling from the planes and shit. And I had the split screen videos and whatever. And I guess in the context of YouTube shorts, this went like a little viral and it did some millions. And so I got a lot of comments. And I'm telling you, every other comment I see is like someone like, that shit's not real. That didn't happen. The media painted the whole thing. And I'm just like, all right. I wouldn't – it wouldn't surprise me if some of it was sensationalized. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't born yesterday. But like people are saying like no one fell from a plane. That didn't happen. The airport wasn't real. It was all staged actors. And I'm like – you know, I see three people say this. Mm-hmm. Then I see 10 people say this once it gets to you know 50,000 views. Then I see 100 people say it one, once it's at 100,000 views. And now it's every other comment moving in over the months as this thing goes on. And I'm like, holy shit. There's a lot of people – that are that far gone and motive wise again i get it because like you get lied to so many times it's like you're not gonna believe anything but i'm like they're so far on the other end they're like they won't believe anything i could i could roll a tape and say look at this here's six angles of it and they'll be like no it didn't happen that's dangerous to me and and the weird thing is while i look at that and i'll tell people like that that I don't necessarily blame them for it. I'm blaming the people that have made them lose that trust for so long. The same people that talk about something like that for a week make the president look bad as it should in that scenario, you know, and then, oh, it's gone. Yeah, I I blame the education system in Afghanistan that taught these people that they can get onto a plane outside of it and survive in the air. I don't think that's what it was. Yeah, okay, all right, all right, just make sure. I thought I was going to have to like hedge for Um, it. No, I mean, listen, it's it's just that's that was how desperate uh, these people were. And and you also, you're not necessarily talking about in this situation everyday Taliban. members hopping no. on this plane no you could be talking of people who have connections to the united states government you yeah. could have people that work on military bases you're telling me if the united states leaves all right they're no longer occupying this area and all of a sudden um you're left with what's basically you know 
terrorist occupied territory. Yes. You don't think they know you were working on a military base? You don't think they know that even if it was as simple as cleaning out the shitters on the base, you don't think that there's a chance that oh, they're yeah. going to say you were conspiring with the United States military and we're going to kill you and your family. So listen, there are people on that plane, whether I want them here or not, who are on there because they feared for their lives. So that's what it is. But, 100%. But, but at 100%. the end of the day, it, it's, you know, uh, uh, the media, they hopped on it. I think it got everyone's attention. It disappeared. Uh Stephanopoulos, Stephanopoulos, whatever, however you say his fucking name. Um, I'm tired of looking at him, by the way. I watched him for, it was about an hour. He doesn't have a great face. I watched it for an hour. It's a very dislikable face. He, you know, he, he interviews these people, and he asked, he, he asked like one, like, pointed controversial question like i listen to wip in the morning so you know <laughs> angelo's like well I, you know he starts whining and talk goes, to me much yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. but he, Bob and mayfair oh, you're on 94 yeah. wip he'll have sirianni on it you know he'll, he'll be like you know he'll like he'll like butter him up for two questions like, <laughs> he goes your strength is to run you have a running quarterback you know why'd you throw the ball there you know like for the whole Nick, what was the thought there right so he you know at least this guy's a more competent interviewer but you know stephanopoulos is like uh, you know he, he, it's all fluff and then he'll ask the one question and then the other person will be like well you know unless he's interviewing Trump that is they but, almost have the dun 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 music in the background right. too like right, it's right, so right. state like that's it. I see the previews for that Alec Baldwin thing that you yeah, watched and I didn't it. but like I see the 60 second commercial spot they're putting up to pump that and I'm like this is this is exactly what people don't want it looks like a movie it doesn't look like a real interview. It's not like – you have to understand – these media outlets still don't understand that fucking 30 million people listen to Joe Rogan who sits in there and talks about fucking mushrooms with people with no music in the background and some one asshole dipshit – great, by the way, producer – sitting there making the whole thing happen. Yeah, I don't I don't know uh... – I mean, Alec Baldwin, it, it, he will be facing – well, he, he, they already filed a civil suit. I think there's – I know there's over 30 plaintiffs, I believe. Um, against him? A civil suit was filed against him, yeah. For what? Which is shocking. I guess the allegation is it's it's just simple. It's ne- it's based in negligence. It's 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 not a criminal case. It never will be. Um, I think the 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 sheriff or whoever I don't even know where the hell they were. It was somewhere in the desert. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they've, I think they've all, but, you know, concluded that there's no criminal, there was no intent. Um, uh, well, there's, there, well, right. To me, look, I, no one knows that, but I, I think it's, I think it's fairly clear. No, that's, I mean, I agree with you, but he's at the same time, if I was his lawyer for the civil suit, my first, my, I, let me put it this way. My client gets injured in an accident. My next move isn't, why don't you go on with uh, Stephanopoulos and talk about how bad your back hurts? So at the same time, it's like, I saw this come up, and I'm like, that's why I was so intrigued. Because even my girlfriend's like, these are like the the last two people you want to see on TV, and let alone watch. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I want to hear what this is about because yeah. some legal jujitsu is going on here where his lawyer said, you know what, Alec? Sit down with George. Sit down with George. Let's let's get you to cry about the good stuff and and cry about the bad stuff. Let's humanize you. Um, and and I think ultimately it probably benefited him to do it. 
Um, but he is such a he is such a hothead that I I didn't know what was going to happen. It, it probably wouldn't have aired it. I'm sure there was 16 different drafts of contracts just to get him in that seat. Of it's what just they crazy. can ask. The whole thing is crazy. So I, I will I, never just. I'll make this promise. I'm never fucking doing that. And if if people ask for that, I will tell you guys. Maybe I won't say the name of who did it, but I'll be like, I was gonna have somebody, someone on. They wanted all this bullshit. I don't do that. Like I don't understand how that's still acceptable, even in mainstream media. Like you either do it or you don't. Get with it or not. Trains rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's fucking the 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 backroom elitist lawyer dealing, which I know is not your no, the rooms uh, you're in at furthest, all. Furthest thing, from furthest it. thing from it. You're fucking chasing back those room maybe, but not elitist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the back room of the FOP or some shit like that. Uh, not, not anymore. We'll bring but that still, up. like you know what I mean? Like it's 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 literally medieval at this point. Yeah, it's um, it, it was kind of uh, shocking to see it. It's clearly all, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's mutually beneficial. Obviously, I, like I said, I was skeptical about, uh, you know, Alex's side of the whole thing. But at the end of the day, it took me about ten seconds to realize. Listen, the guy ain't sitting in the fucking chair unless it's helping him. Um, he he's not doing it to, uh, you know, memorialize what you know these people did or what what this um. Uh, this woman who who was killed, uh, you know, you know what she contributed. I mean, they talked about her. Um, you know, did you believe him? Huh? Did you believe him? Did I believe him? The, see, that's the thing. It's not for me. It's not like a believability thing. He wasn't asked the questions that, at least according to the people I've heard, the talking heads on both sides. There's apparently an industry standard where. When you're held, when you're given a gun, that you treat it as a loaded gun at all times. Yes, and that and and that's how that's I think true. that's how just regular gun owners act. Yes, you know the rules. You never point a gun at anybody unless you want to kill them. Unless um, you're the I prosecutor don't, I don't, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. What's that? Unless you're the prosecutor in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I um, think that guy was just trying to become a meme at that point. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. Um, I respected the fact that afterwards he was like right away, like fully respect the jury's decision. I think they came to a fair trial. See you later. You know, like I, he knew. Yeah. He I, knew. I I don't think I said to somebody, um, Rittenhouse or not Rittenhouse, the prosecution in that case was probably dealt one of the shittiest hands yes. he's ever been dealt in his professional career. Yep. Yet. He, for what it was worth, sold me on the fact that he really thought he was looking across at pure evil. And I don't think he was effective, but I genuinely believe that he wanted to lock this guy up for fear that he was a absolute menace to society. See, I, I'll disagree with you, and I'll say that that actually makes the point that that he was... He's like outside of what you consider moral or whatever and outside of backroom dealing, he's an effective attorney to some extent at least and was able to get that across because I think that based on how he handled it right afterwards and then shut the fuck up and got out of there and was like, nope, we fully accept it. We're moving on. I think that he had he had no choice. I, I think he was told no, that's he my had the point. And, no, that, yeah. that, that's my point exactly. I, I'm saying that I think he – 
try the case ineffectively in the approach. So I look at it, I broke it down. Even the witnesses. You yeah. know, when you put a witness on the stand, you want to make sure, even in my business, you want to make sure you know what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you're able to at least, you don't really want to prep a quote-unquote independent witness. I don't know necessarily in a criminal sense because I may deal with a criminal or two, but I don't uh, do criminal law. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know necessarily if you call that an independent witness. I think that's really a witness for the prosecution. So I, there's got to be some level of, of prep involved in that. Um, but he his, he had no control over his witnesses. I mean, they were basically conceding, uh, you know, that not only were they armed, that they were pointing guns at this guy. Yeah, there, there's not – look, he had no – as a lawyer, like if he was forced into that in the back rooms, like literally like threatened, that's what I mean. Like not just – I'm not just talking about someone who like cowered and was like, fine, I'll do it because you're making me do it and I won't quit. I think it was like, no, you're going to do this. You know, the whole man in the black hat thing. I, I really do from the top. And there was video. There what like here's the problem. Once you did determine that he didn't break a gun law – which right. again, kid was a dumbass, and there's no way he knew when he was going there that he wasn't breaking the law with that gun. There's no way he, you cannot tell me that he knew that the kid was a dumbass. He wasn't a hero. He wasn't any of this shit. He should have never been there. But being a dumbass if it doesn't break the law is not breaking the law. And so once he was there and hadn't broken the law, being there, he was lawfully there. When you kill people in clear self-defense on fucking video. If you're the prosecutor in that case, you have an impossible case to say nothing of – to your point, the witness that is alive that he got to cross-examine was – I mean to say he was a flawed witness wouldn't even be describing it half fairly. I mean he he was down to the point where they expunged his record like four days before the trial began. I mean this guy was a disaster of a witness and I'll give him credit. He was honest on the stand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, he knew. I, dude, I will get – listen, as fucked up as that guy might be, I will give him that. Like he did not – go review what he – this Gage guy – whatever the fuck his name was, the Gage guy. Mm-hmm. Like review what he said and then also watch the tape on anything right. that can be corroborated there. He was – he called it, he honestly. Be, he shouldn't be alive to be honest with you. Because um, he – yeah, because the other guys got killed. Right. Yeah. But um, he uh, – I thought that the, the and this is and this is why I'm telling you, Rittenhouse and Sandman are going to have to share custody of CNN when this is over. Who? Um, Nick Sandman. <laughs> I think Sandman's going to get him on every other weekend. Um, you know, they'll probably share Christmas and just make it look all good. But, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I thought the funniest part about this case was not, and it really whole thing isn't funny, but just in terms of the optics of it. They had a uh, uh, – it appeared to be a pretrial conference. Of course, I've seen this on, on the talk, so I don't know what stage – On the talk? Yeah. On the, Do you call it the talk? I don't know. No, you don't. It's better than the Get tick. the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, TikTok. my God. Don't ever do that again, um, please. And I'm, a, and, and I'm a TikToker. Okay. <laughs> I have a tic- I create an account just so I can talk shit on people that make fun of you on TikTok. Oh, uh, thank you. So far, I'm pretty you. good. I'm over. I'm, I'm over four. That video I posted six. I I just looked. It's at like it's doing pretty good. It's incredible. It's doing pretty well. Not yeah, that's bad. that's listen. There, there's there's I I see a lot of bullshit on there, 
and your stuff is good. But thank you. What I saw, um, what I saw on TikTok was this. Uh, it was, I think, it was a pretrial conference. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, the guy, that witness, the guy that got shot in the arm, he's. Uh, so you oh. see him on the screen, and you see you see Rittenhouse and I'm his attorney. So so yeah, right. So corner for people to see. Yeah, right. so Rittenhouse is sitting next to his attorney on the on Zoom, <laughs> and then you see the witness, and all of a sudden his chair just drops. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, dude, Rittenhouse literally bends over, like laughing, just laughing, and even the attorney can't help himself. And <laughs> I mean, that was like that was such like a fucking metaphor for yeah. what the fuck this was. But for what it's worth, and I, I'm surprisingly, I've seen. I, well, I shouldn't say I've seen. I've heard people say the same exact thing. And I'm in an office of, I mean, majority left leaning, you know, uh, including my own blood. And <laughs> they had two verdicts within about that week span in two cases involving a shooting death. What was the second one? The second one was the one, and I, it's a shame I don't remember the case. The name of the of the uh, the guy that died, uh, but it was the case where he was a he was a homeowner. He was fixing up a home, and uh, it wasn't Alabama, but it was somewhere in the state. Oh, I don't know about this. I thought you were going to bring up Andrew Coffee. Yeah, if I it, well, anyway, you're the, not talking about the guy who killed the cops in the warrant. No, 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 no. Okay, this was civilian on civilian. So there's a, there's a there's a black guy who was uh, building a home in this neighborhood. Uh, he periodically would come check on it. Uh, it was like literally in construction phase. Like it was all, you know, beams and, and Oh, the Arbery case. Yeah. Oh yeah. This was a slam dunk. Right. It, uh, yeah. There were, there were two verdicts. Yeah. That were right. There was more than that. There were actually f- three, three and a half, but yes. The, and, and the Arbery one, I was actually thrilled how that went down because there were a lot of charges i think there were 27 total charges across the three different people Mm -hmm. and the jury deliberated for like a total like 10 hours right and that's how it should have been because it was a slam dunk it was you know what i mean the only guy who had like a shadow of an argument was the guy taking the video right i guess but even that the complicity of the whole thing like being a part of it tracking him da- hunting him down you know what i mean so well, like it's, 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 it wasn't a hard case right. he's on hook for the crime itself but, yeah um you know i thought there were two correct verdicts yes. two different completely different areas of the country um the jury makeup i think I, I think we're it was mostly white right uh, yeah and that's and, and that's generally even in philly it, it's that's that's what it really is now i think that's a negative that that happens in the system where literally you know what they're doing in a case like that where they just strike jurors on on the basis of stuff but i will say that now in hindsight for this case i'm actually happy that not that i support the idea how it happened but I'm happy that it was like a mostly white jury who then was like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. Uh, slam dunk right. in, in Georgia. You know, you know how that looks. And it's like, OK, you know, like that's a good symbol. It's a good symbol because it, it is a case that it should be like, yes, what right. we saw is what we saw. That's it. So well, we lost. Uh, I shouldn't say we lost. Um, but and small business owners definitely won. But we didn't see any riding. We didn't see any looting. We, didn't we didn't. And I think that verdict um, 
restored some faith. And I think the middle ground type people who were kind of on the fence, um, thinking that this would be some kind of uh, acquittal for these three guys. Well, we also which, didn't see it for Rittenhouse, though, too. What do you mean? It wasn't rioting or looting. Well, because it was, I think, because we had, you know, again, it's the same conversation we started with. It's a fucking scoreboard now. Yeah. It's a scoreboard. Yeah, it is. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> well, it's one one, and then what? But that—that's what I disagree with, though. I, like, I that, had not, that first case had nothing to do with race. He shot three white people. I guess it was a Black Lives Matter, but the people yeah, who were there yeah, were right, though, there. the people at that point were rioters. They were not Black Lives Matter protesters. Well, did he? Kill, he did kill a, a black guy. No. I thought he did. You didn't know, dude? No. Well, I know he killed all three of them. Were I white. know, and I to my. To Two of Jewish them people out there, I know. He did kill a Jewish guy. He killed... And again, if he had done it in cold blood and you saw it on video, it I, wouldn't matter who the victim is. But now that you know, you can see it was self-defense, he killed a child rapist who also happened to be a Jewish guy. And we're gonna, you're going to call him a child rapist on Hanukkah? It's still Hanukkah. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it, was too, it was too good verdicts, but... The problem is you and I sit here and look at it and say, all right, listen, the system works. But the pundits, the media, the powers that be are like, fuck. It's a great opportunity right there. I'm, I'm halfway down. Like, I, and I and I used that line when I did my solo episode. And I wanna, I've want to. i been thinking about that since I – because I knew what I was trying to say, but I don't want to be taken out of context. The system – the justice system here is the best justice system in the world, hands down. It does have elements of it that work and that actually have improved upon certain things. There are still things, though, that are wrong. That said, when I see weeks like the last two weeks where I've seen a lot of positive cases, including the one that I thought you were talking about at first, the Andrew Coffey case, mm. I go, all right, we're at least moving in the right direction here. There are thi- like Andrew. Call- Do you know what that case is? I've heard, I, I talk about it. This guy and apologies to people who've heard the last two episodes. One where I did it myself, and then talking with Moose. But Andrew Coffey was a convicted felon, low level offenses. Mm-hmm. But it's also ironic his felony was for like battery fighting with a police officer, right. who was on trial for a 2017 killing of multiple police officers, and the jury correctly my opinion, clearly, found in Florida, red state, white jury, mostly white jury, found him innocent of killing the police officers, which he did kill right. because he was acting in self-defense because his idiot father was selling Oxycontin and shit. So the cops were executing a big-ass warrant oh, for like low-level like drug dealing. Yep. And he woke up, heard, saw a gun barrel through his window and started shooting. Right Now, he... He did own the gun illegally because he's a convicted felon, which I could get into a whole argument there. But, you know, he's already done four years in jail. So hopefully that's the end of it for him. Right. Like, I think I think the guy seems like an OK guy based on what I've, I don't know. But based on what I've seen, like when that case happens, comes down like the same day Rittenhouse does. And it's a black guy who killed cops, no less, in a red state. You know how that goes. Yeah. You know, well. I look at that and I go. I don't know that that would have happened five years ago. I don't know. And now you see people who are going, all right, you know how the government's making this case. Can we actually look at the case, though? 
and then 12 people go in there and go, guys, if you woke up in the morning right. and the guy's girlfriend got killed, by the way, 10 shots to the gut by return fire by the cops. If you woke up that morning and you saw a gun barrel through your window, would you not grab your gun if you had it and shoot? Yeah. And they all sat in there and they said, yeah, we would have. I, I, for some reason, the case, it, it, this one isn't coming to mind, but I'll, I'll look it up and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But, um, but you know, the other thing is you have, uh, you know, you do have scenarios where, um, yeah, you see, you see, law enforcement is doing what they need to do, and then you see just an ineffective, you know, essentially DA like you have in Philadelphia. And I, I know we talked about it for a second, but you have this, this, this horrible thing that happened to freaking twenty-one year old. Oh, we were talking before a camera about right. this. Twenty-one yeah, year old Temple student gets gunned down. Seventeen-year-old guy, uh, North Philly guy. So you know, we look at it, we say, listen, wait, wait. It was a 21-year-old Temple student. Yeah, 17-year-old 17 17-year-old 17 guy, not a Temple student. Gunned uh, him down. Gunned him down. So we look at it. We first, At first glance, you know, it's Philly. Shit happens. Um, but who is this guy at 17? Uh, turns out August, end of the, end of the summer. So this the shooting just happens. August, end of the summer. Uh, this guy's picked up for armed robbery, carjacking. Possession of a legal weapon. The eventual killer. The eventual killer. All right. So the 17-year-old gets booked. Bail set at $200,000. 10%, $20,000 to get out of jail. He ain't getting out of jail at $20,000. A couple of weeks later, municipal court. All of a sudden, the guy's able to walk free. The bail's reduced significantly and essentially to zero, which means the guy walks. After that. We have the first preliminary hearing, all right? So preliminary hearing is an opportunity. It's the opportunity for the, the prosecution to really bring what they have to the table in front of this judge. Is there even a case here? So apparently there's an eyewitness, a crucial witness to this. They don't show. So mm. prosecution at the time says, listen, Your Honor, we need a continuance. They get a continuance. This is September? This would have been the actual first preliminary hearing would have, I think, happened in September. So it's about... Maybe you call it two or three weeks after the guy's locked, the guy's booked. So they get a continuance. They get a continuance. You'd think when you ask for continuance and you know the biggest piece of evidence that you're asking the continuance for is no witness, you go get the witness. Second preliminary hearing, DA shows the, the, the DA shows up, prosecution. We're withdrawing all charges. So they withdrew all charges. Kid walks free. Meanwhile, he's on house arrest because after that bail, he's on house arrest now. So he's not locked up anymore. So he's out in between that that initial uh, lockup, that that bail hearing. That's when eventually it's reduced to essentially zero. The guy walks. So after the second preliminary hearing, the DA says we're withdrawing all charges. A few weeks later, he kills his twenty one year old Temple student. Legal gun. They they got rid of the charges. They they withdrew the charges. Yeah, they withdrew. Now why did they do that? I, I imagine they they told the judge that lack of evidence. I imagine. I mean, I, I haven't Do you actually. Think that's. Legit? I haven't looked at the. What's that? Do you think that was legit? Um, I don't think. In my opinion, and again, I use civil law. Okay, my standards are preponderance of the evidence. I, I literally hold up a scale and I do it to the jury. And I'm telling you, this shit's compelling to them. 
because it makes my the standard of my performance very low. <laughs> I go, I got a. I was like, you seen the scale? I got the people. Oh no! I <laughs> said, so you see a scale. I got, I got a, I got a, I got a pile of salt on one side, and the other side I got the equivalent amount of salt. All I have to do for you people is get the smallest grain of salt and put it on my side, and I've proven my case. Wow! That's not the standard in a criminal case. Mm. That's beyond a reasonable doubt, which is a very, very, very tough standard, as it yeah. should be. You're dealing with someone's yes, freedom. Yes, I agree with that. So, you know, they withdrew all of this, but this isn't the first time this has happened in this city. There's a uh, there's a major movement to reduce bails. Um, it's it's creating situations where you have uh, alleged criminals walking, violent crimes. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking yes. about. You know, uh, 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 theft. Uh, I'm not talking about any type of fraud. Uh, or, or, you know, even some of the crimes we're talking about earlier, I'm talking about, you know, armed robbery, violent crimes. They're getting out on the streets again. And at some point you have to weigh, you know, I understand that everyone wants to reform the criminal justice system and there are places where it definitely needs to be reformed. Yes. But you can't, you can't surrender a civil society in an effort or, or this drive to basically eradicate the system we have. You can't do it. Innocent lives are going to be lost. Uh, Family is going to be ruined. And this is the proof right here. Have you ever read Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell? No. Okay. There's a study he did in that book that was brilliant. Or he didn't do it, but he reported on a study that happened where they went through, I think it was like the Southern District of Manhattan judiciary system and took a look at what the bail levels were set at for equivalent crimes across different races. And the takeaway wasn't, oh, these judges are racist. It was there's some inherent biases based on previous cases of certain types of individuals from certain socioeconomic classes that make them appear to be of a certain level such that we're going to set their bail heel here versus the bail here for a person – of a similar crime Flight, for a different they're flightier, th- right. they're more desperate. I got gotcha. you. And so what the argument was is he was not screaming like, "Oh, they're all racist fucks." Some of them might be, but a lot of them probably aren't. They come by it honestly. And the argument was, "Oh, should we put AI into this system to measure this stuff?" And the overall meta theme is, "Well, does that mean we need to fix the whole bail system and just go lower on stuff?" So this is a prime example of a system where it's like a little broken and the response is Let's fix it, but it's not a full-blown let's fix it. It's unknowingly and maybe even unintentionally, let's break it on the other end. So let's go from 100 to zero. Let's not go to 50 miles an hour. So now we're letting people who may have just committed rape or some shit like that out on $5,000 bail that they can actually afford. That's crazy. The difference is setting the bail at $500,000 for some kid who committed petty theft. Not that that's that's a ridiculous example, but you know what I mean. So like – it went from there, and now it's here, and neither one is good. Right. I think my my understanding, at least, is the biggest the bigger problem in terms of it's not even uh, bail. It's I guess the the, the monetary aspect of uh, you know these these not convictions but these arrests are these fines. So you have uh, certain counties where you know. It's, it could be a parking ticket. It could be a traffic violation. They will come get you. 
Yeah. If you do not pay your fine, they will come get you. They will incarcerate you. Um, it is like kind of mind blowing. And I don't think that really, you know, there's a lot of different ways, uh, I guess, to punish those who will get these tickets and not pay them. But I mean, there are these counties out there where they will drag your ass into prison. You will be forced to go. You'll be incarcerated for a month. You'll do, you'll do labor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll perform labor yeah. in the prison and then they'll release you. Um, I mean, that shit's more scary to me than this bail. I, I, it's just, that's just bottom line. But, but I understand where you're coming from. There's probably, uh, uh, an issue with, with the way the bail is set. But again, you, you can't have it that um, you look at the particular type of criminal. Cause it's, it's, it's basically, it's the flip side of the coin here. A guy like Krasner is looking at this guy, he's 17 years DA. old, 17 years old yeah. in her city. He's probably, ah, you know, he's a troublemaker. And now here we yeah. go. And, and it's like, it's a shit or a fart. You're fucked either way. Right. You know, you either go the traditional route, which is lock them all up. And then, you might do some shit that could, at the very least, appear prejudice. At the worst, appear worse than that. Or you go, oh, let me see the good side. And is that really why they're doing it, though? Like, a, a friend of mine was, was texting me about this on, on a group chat I'm on. And he's like, he's like one of these, like, radical libertarian types. And he was talking all about, I, I didn't know much about this, but the guy, what's his name again, Krasner? Mm-hmm. In Philly, like for example, he's a DA who's like heavily funded by Soros or some shit. And I think he, maybe I'm misquoting him here, so please check this, people. But I think he was also saying like the San Francisco DA, yeah. whatever that guy's name is, same deal. Sure. And there's other cities that are doing this and shit like that. So here, here's my question around this. And we, I don't know, I think we talked about Soros for maybe two seconds the first time you're ever in here. But I think Soros is a horrible guy. I mean, he was a, if people haven't read his story, he was a Jewish guy who basically hid among the Nazis and behaved as a Nazi, which is just like, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. But, you know, the way he's used is like this term, everything is George Soros. I've just done like some idiot math in my head and I'm like, well, I guess he's funded $7 trillion worth of whatever in the last five years and he's not that rich. So he's not doing that. But there's definitely an element to where for whatever reason, he is trying to push certain initiatives and trying to push certain people. And I don't know, I don't know what it is, but how much of it is you're getting these DAs who are, to use your words, as you did there, conservatively, and, and, and I mean that in a good way, looking at this like, oh, well, maybe he's a good kid versus this is like a planned kind of thing for chaos. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like to think that uh, Krasner, because his, his, his wife is, you know, we're not, these people aren't robots, okay? That's what so, I'm saying. So like, his wife, they can't all be that. His wife was a civil judge. Uh, we've had many cases with her. I've been in front of her before. She's now retired. She does a mediation on the side. She like you? Uh, I don't think she ever really got to know me. I, I you know, but, um, she didn't fear the spear. Huh? She didn't fear the spear. I, I don't think she feared the spear. I don't think she really fears anybody. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't call Saul. She did not call Saul, <laughs> but you know, she, uh, you know, listen, she was, she wasn't a, uh, there's some judges in Philly never say their name. I won't even say that they're still on the bench. Brinkley. They're what? Brinkley. I don't know him or her. Meek but anyway, Mill, Meek Mill lady. 
Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm talking civil disaster. <laughs> anyway, go but ahead. Uh, but uh, I think that's her name. No, she she uh, 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 she's you know an academic. She's not a, a, a career politician by any means. I don't think at least. But uh, but I, I use this as an example. Is I I don't think Krasner has the the aptitude um, or. He's not in this conspiracy. To That's shape. what I'm saying. Like he's they can't. He's not, all be. I don't know about everybody. They can't else. all be. I don't know about other people, but it doesn't really matter because you see, it goes back again to Cuomo. That guy ain't conspiring with anybody to do anything besides maybe his brother to get out of this fucking this case. I mean, he's not. I'm not using him as my as my uh, uh, talking head for the revolution that right. I'm trying to build. This is he is not the one. <laughs> but um, and I don't think Krasner's the one. But uh, they are out there. Um, I don't know at what level of government they are, they exist if they do. Uh, but but more importantly, the people that are throwing the money around, they know what they're doing. They know yeah. who they're getting. They know the end game. Because even if Krasner's goal is to do X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z in this guy's head, he knows it's going to lead to you know one, two, and three. That's the thing. We can we do have the power. And I say this really carefully because I've already – I rail on it all the time and I will still rail on it. The people who are like, I can predict the future, right? But we do have the power in the modern era that we've never had before, which is that there are certain things we can simulate. And this is one thing that was a meta theme when Horo was in here for number 17 that he just fucking nailed. And it's like – you look at these platforms, these tech platforms and the tools that they have, which then powerful people and governments can access through various means, whatever. They can figure out how people are going to react to things. They may not be able to say this is exactly how it's going to go, but they can say if we put enough of X in front of variable Y, it's going to become variable Z or in that neighborhood. And so when these people – the Georges of the world, the Soroses of the world, throw money at these people. Maybe they don't have a relationship with them. And maybe, by the way, you could solve the issue. Maybe, I know money talks in this shit, but maybe guys like Krasner shouldn't fucking take his money to avoid the, like, if you want to avoid the conversation, don't take his money. But maybe that also means you never get there because he'll fuck right. you into submission. <laughs> so it's like a lose, you know what I mean? It's a lose. If you want to have the job, you're like, well, if I say no, he'll kill my family. Or I, I'm not saying he's going to do that. Exactly. So like, you know, maybe that's a part of it, but also, do they really like? Do they really think like all of them? They don't. No. So it's that simulation where it's like, well, these list of people believe in belief one, belief two, and belief three on a broad level. Mm -hmm. If we multiplied that by thirty cities to do blank, then they might actually then think this and change the law, therefore, to this and cause society to do that. Right. But it, it kind of almost makes me wonder, maybe these trends we see, legislative trends, you know, city to city, and I'm not talking about, you know, Newark to Trenton. You know, I'm talking about across the country where you have these, I look at them. I'm, th I'm, I'm thinking to myself, where do these guys come from? Like, what? Are, how do these these beliefs just pop up mm -hmm. in these areas? And they're so similar. You know, whether you got a mayor in Philly or, or 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 someone down in Houston or Austin, and all of a sudden they're popping up at the same talking points. It makes me wonder 
if there is some funding going into X, Y, and Z, and it's the globalists. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's They're paying everyone off. It's something. I mean, because I don't. I genuinely do not believe that these, uh, even some of the higher level, but these lower level. They turned all the frogs gay. <laughs> Spare. Pay attention. But um, that's actually based upon. So it's. it's I think you, you always. I think you say you're like always like. Well, like, what if you just took like a, a like. One out of ten things he said, and we're like, okay, well, Alex let's, Jones, let's yeah. assume that's true. I mean, technically, he's talking about a real thing, but the context yeah. is so fucked up. Yeah, the like, problem is, when, <laughs> like, I always say this, but when when he gets something wrong, it's not like, oh, sorry, guys, I said seventy five percent. It was really forty five. Right. It's like, no, it turns out Barack Obama doesn't fuck children no, and kill a, them in his basement. No, no, like, no he's, he's not a reptile. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I'm sorry, right, I got that right, one wrong. Right, right. So he has no credibility. Right. What's sad is that one out of things, ten things he says and throws at the dartboard. It's like, holy fuck! Like two years, five years, ten years later, you're like, oh my god, he nailed it. Right. It's a waste of talent to me, but whatever. But uh, no, th- listen. There's there's money behind all this stuff. Politics is like a priceless. Uh, industry i mean it's it's so incredibly powerful that it's i mean the money that we see is is mind-blowing but the money that we don't see is probably um really what 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 turns the wheel and it's just crazy it's just insane but i mean to your point i i think that the 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 vast majority of these people even dare i say dancing uh aoc you know from her (laughs) boston college days or wherever you know, she went, to, she didn't go to Boston College. She went to, I think, Boston University. Didn't she go to? She's from Boston. She didn't go to Harvard. The same colors, but totally different. I'm not listen. I'm not gonna let you sit here and knock AOC's education when we have uh, what's her name. I'm not knocking it. I thought have, she, have, I actually thought she did. No, nah, she's well. I don't think she's a lawyer. So the only, and I don't think she went to graduate school unless. I think her last education was Boston U, but I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. She was a terrier, I think. But a what? A terrier. That's what they are. Boston University terriers. Oh my god. But uh, no, they'll knock her education. We got what's her name down in uh, Georgia. She went to freaking Spelman. You know what Spelman's graduation rate is? Who? Spelman College's graduate. Who are you you talking about? You know the the one that won the governor that really won the election. Stacey Abrams. Yeah, Stacey. She actually did go to Harvard. After Spellman, yes, she went to Harvard. <laughs> oh I, I, I don't, yes. So did Barack okay. Obama. I don't know. I, I don't like Barack Obama. I don't, was there like, the whole I don't time. like where this is going. But anyway, okay. this, he was not there the whole time. He went to Occidental Law School. No, he didn't. Yeah, he he was to, the fucking chief he, of the Harvard Law. He right went now. to. He did go to Harvard Law School, but he started off at Occidental, which is a smaller school in California. I didn't even know that. Yeah, but he was the chief. I mean, he his was father like, he was, was like, also his grand. He was all his his uncle was also Frank Marshall Davis. But we're, this is for the afternight podcast. <laughs> Who's Frank Marshall? Davis? I, I, we can't get in this right no, now. No, 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 no. no Mike Spear. No, we're we're getting into that right now. Those who, of you who know, you know who's those, Frank Marshall Davis. Nah, he's he's a, you don't uh, Google him right now. You can Google him. Who was that to him? He was his uncle. I guess you can. Call I know him. that you're like the closeted biggest Obama fan of all time. No. You love him. I don't love him. You do love him. No. He's your favorite person ever. I don't love him. Frank I, Marshall I, Davis is was an American journalist, poet, political and labor movement activist, and businessman. Direct ties to the Kremlin as well, but I guess that didn't make Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, 
uh, he was he also played a role in the South Side Writers Group in Chicago and is considered among the writers of the Black Chicago Renaissance. He moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, where he ran a small <laughs> fuck off. He ran a small business. He became involved in local labor <laughs> labor issues. The Federal Bureau of Investigation tracked his activities as they had investigated. Dude, they also had Ma- Martin Luther King. Oh, don't put Frank Marshall Davis and Martin Luther I'm King. I'm not uh, you doing You don't even that. know who this guy is. I'm saying they did also com- consider him the number one domestic terror threat at one point. Okay. And they're J. Edgar Hoover's FBI. So you have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt. But okay. All right. We'll look at this later. Well, That's it, the late night well, podcast. Well, what's interesting is that like, we've read all this already and there's still no connection to Barack Obama, which is the most famous part about Frank Marshall Davis. But anyway... Okay. Um, my I don't even know what my point was at this point. Oh fuck! Jesus. Do I got to run the tape? I'm sorry. No. You were you were talking. Fuck. Oh right, no. My my point was this: these politicians, even at the lowest level, they are not cerebral enough to be a part of some kind of global conspiracy yeah. to make uh, you know these anarchic movements turn into just basically nationwide chaos and panic. It's just impossible. Not to mention the people that we always talk about as those who are going to actually. Um, create this chaos they don't even own guns so i mean are they are they what's their what's their game they think about that number one number two does it even matter if the money's flowing from people who do control that i mean i think it i think it matters in the sense that your, your constituents i think have to i mean i almost feel like you know what i shouldn't say that because these people are so entwined with uh intertwined i should say with the government that the fact that they don't personally own guns doesn't mean shit, unfortunately. But yes. at the end of the day, I, I, I guess my point is that I think that the the reality of what we have is we have um, about, you know, a, a list you can almost call it, and I'm sure it's not an actual list, but a list of types of ideology, um, opinions, ideas that fit a mold and you basically have people who want to create molds in different cities across the country. And I think the most obvious is what's going on in like Texas, where you now have areas of Texas that are essentially, uh, you know, as liberal as parts of uh, Virginia outside of D.C. And it's like kind of shocking, I guess, for some people that lived in Texas their whole lives. But for those that understand what we understand, I guess it's it's kind of not surprising at all that they're doing this. Mm. I wonder how much of it gets carried over, though, where people start to just leave the political process or even some shift their beliefs because a lot of the people who came there were escaping something, you know, and they think about this differently. I mean, it does, once you go somewhere and it's like a place where supposedly your opposite exists, but you flee there from, you know, like California or some shit like that. And now you realize that your neighbors you live next to, yeah, you don't agree with a lot of shit, but like they're nice people and you enjoy their company and all right, cool. There are a lot of those individuals who I think are going to start to be like, you know what? Fuck all this. I'm going to live in my house here. I have some freedom. I'm not going to vote for any of these motherfuckers. And that's a net win for people like in Texas, like a red state, who don't want to see, you know, California blue coming in or whatever. I do think that, look, I'm one of the people who left that political process i'm not one of the people who went to texas or whatever but like i'm one of those people who was like i've been left i've been right this is all bullshit fuck this and that's where i'm at 
I think that's on steroids when you're someone who literally picks up your life and goes somewhere entirely different and sees like a new way of life and may not love everything they think, but they're like, I understand the benefits of why I'm here and therefore I'm not going to fuck with that. Yeah, there's those, there are those people. Then there's also the people that go there for one very narrow reason, which is to avoid taxes. Yet they bring, they bring the, the social ideology with them, which you see, like I said, in places, uh, you know, like Austin, um, you know, I, listen, at the end of the day, now everyone's Joe Rogan. And I think what he did was probably, I think he did a lot for moderates um, in general. Oh, yeah. I think that he, and, and quite frankly, I think that people despise him. I think that the talking heads that we see on TV, probably both sides of the spectrum, I think more so one side, but just generally both sides of the spectrum. They can't stand guys like him because he normalizes conversations about a topic without having to say, well, this is the way I vote and this is why you need to vote that right. way. He just kind of talks about the shit. Right. And you learn a lot from that. And, and, and as dumb as it may sound and, and, and you, have the, you have the women or the men or whoever it is on CNN or the, these people on Fox, whatever it is, saying, oh, what, what's this guy? What, what are these guys' credentials? He's like, well, you know, he's a fucking human being. Credential. He, Go he, fuck he, yourself. He, he's created, fuck he's created a hell of a life for himself, a hell of a business um, that he shares with, with pretty much anyone that he meets if they're willing to participate. Um, you know, he's, he's not, he doesn't seem to be a selfish guy. And he doesn't seem to be motivated by um, someone else, I guess is the best way to put it. He did something so simple that set such a great example that still not enough people follow, but it's incredible what he's pulled off. And, and I say this in the sense that during COVID in particularly, given some of the psychotic nature of the political landscape, there has been some shifts in how he perceives some things and in how some people perceive him. And I disqualify that because I think with COVID, all bets are off and we've all lost our minds. And I appreciate the fact that even if I don't necessarily agree with everything he says on certain issues with that, I like that he's having the conversation. I love that he had in Sanjay Gupta. And I respected the fuck out of Sanjay Gupta for being there too, by yeah. the way. A lot yeah. of people ripped him because he got some things like a little hardliner wrong in that sit down. But that is the beauty of what Joe Rogan has created because he, Sanjay Gupta, Mr. CNN doctor, walked in there and talked with him for three hours. Right. Yeah, he got stuff wrong. But there's also elements of truth to what he said. And there's... Two people who have opposite beliefs on a certain key issue could talk, and that's what Joe created. And I, I remember, I, I didn't know who he was until my Holly Tevis. You know her. Yeah, she was I like, think "It's her birthday." It was. It's all yeah. on Facebook. Yes, you're fucking on the ball, my man. Yeah, yeah. I like Facebook. Big, big, I hate the guy. I hate. Big I hate. Two I hate soccer big though. He's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, he's anyway, the worst. I'm sorry. He's the worst. But yeah, she. There was like a st – I think it was like after the Elon Musk thing, like in, in September 2018 where we were working on a thing together and she was showing me like, oh, yeah, I talked with this guy Joe, whatever. And then there was this other thing that went on. Check that out for the story we're working on at the time. And then I'm like, what is the deal with this? I'm looking at this guy and I'm like – I go and I look and he's doing three-hour podcasts. And at the time I'm like, 
Yeah, I guess I would listen to that in my ears, but I'm like, I can't believe a lot of people listen to this. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of things that way because I was I was not separating audio from visual. Right. That was my big mistake. Right. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to Google some episodes that people liked. And I think I I remember the three that they were that I picked out. It was – I Googled like top 25 or something over the last two years. And the first three I listened to in this order were David Goggins – Kyle Kalinske and Jordan Peterson. Mm. And I was maybe 30 minutes into Goggins and I'm like, oh, I get it. I fucking get it. Mm. Uh, I understand what he's doing here. And it was because all these, you know, we have these lights in the studio right here, but guess who turned them on? I did. You know what I mean? Like there's lights in Joe Rogan's studio. Guess who turned them on? Him and Jamie after they shared a blunt. You know what I mean? It took away all this other bullshit. The people in in the headphones with the microphone talking into your fucking unseen earpiece, telling you what to say and saying, by the way, we got 30 seconds to commercial break going up right here. So just make sure sure you wrap it up with them. Make sure you hit them on this point. There was none of that. And it was just like, yo, bro, I just took a mushroom. Yeah, what do you you think about like the world right now? And people were like, holy shit. Oh my God, a real human being talking who I can kind of relate to. Even people that don't like mushrooms or don't like weed, so, they're like, this is a normal person. So the – I saw – again, I, I'm sure my the depth of my, um, you know, I guess ability to, to reference different aspects of culture. Unfortunately, not on Instagram, but um, – You're on Instagram so I saw, as a ghost. Yeah. So Michael.g.spear. Yes. Never so made I was, a post in your life. No. So I did see one thing. Uh, I think that this wasn't on TikTok, but I don't know where I saw it. But it was it was an interview between, um, you know, that guy. What the hell? No, I don't know. He's a he's a late night show. He's he's not Kimmel, but it's not Kimmel. It's Jimmy. Uh, Jim- oh, oh, the fat guy. No, 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 no. Not Corbin. Oh, not Colbert. No, he, he's a, he's a talk show guy. He, he's he, he's Fallon Colbert. Yeah, Fallon, Fallon, Jimmy oh, Fallon. Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, J- Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, J- yeah, yeah you know. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah. Come on, he, he goes. Uh, he goes. Uh, so Jimmy Fallon has RuPaul on, and uh, and I was. It must have been really late when I was watching this shit, and I was bored. But anyway, so he has RuPaul on. So he goes. Uh, he goes to to RuPaul. He goes. He he makes a comedy. Goes and 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 you're like this. Big time drag queen, right? And RuPaul goes, "What did you just call me, dude? You would have thought that Fallon just witnessed <laughs> his wife and children murdered in front of him, because somebody in his ear, and if it wasn't directly in his ear, in his head, just said, you are fucking canceled.'" <laughs> and RuPaul goes, "I'm a drag icon, baby," and I'm thinking to myself, like. Okay, I guess that's funny, but the funny part was thinking like Fallon was yeah. like, "What the fuck?" I thought I was done right there. Because you all- can't. How can you be a successful? How can you talk about anything successfully if you have to talk with a fucking anvil over your head? It's but impossible. He's also not that guy, and and like, and I'm not even defending him here, but like, th- that's the point. People were th- were assuming that they were getting conversation quote-unquote on late night comedy talk shows 
That the entire point is the opposite. Well, people believe that. People that's watch what I'm that saying. Yeah. They go there. They pay money. Yes. We don't have anyone sitting here with us. Right. Not that we need them, but I'm just saying. And it, not it, that that can't happen though. Like when no, Kanye was right. on with with with, with Nori right. Noriega, yeah, formerly right. Noriega, a few weeks ago, they do, and that's not my style, but they do the whole audience thing. But that was a hard hitting regular convert. You know what I mean? The like real, they talked about heavy shit. The real Noriega. He owed me a hundred favors. <laughs> <laughs> but, he um, did. He did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he, and yeah, that was I that. actually saw that, yeah. And, and like, I see, yeah. I'm like, wow, that kind of model can even work. But like, Jimmy Fallon is a network cable TV fucking down the line. Let's just make people laugh and have fun I, while they're falling asleep or hitting their blunt. I can't. That's watch, it. I can't watch I can't, it. I haven't watched it ever, dude. I can't watch it. I haven't watched I, it I, ever. You know, I don't try to, but I also try to understand, like, for example, we're talking about the Alec Baldwin thing. I'm sure the ratings on that were half decent. You look at these other shows, even like Jay Leno. It's like, what the fuck is that? Miss, miss what nothing. is what is that, dude? Like, what is that? I don't even understand what it's it is. It's an act. Yeah, it's like they all they all they all basically like took Carson and just like fucking tried to make it like some weird you know version of that. But like, we're now in such a different. It's so different now. It's just so different. You can you you can you you listen to more genuine stuff. That's what I'm saying. My whole thing was I was a skeptic about podcasts because I said to myself, "What the fuck am I benefiting from listening to these people talk about mm. shit?" Um, that you know I'm not necessarily I'm not engaged in, and mm-hmm. and and it's not going to run on the news necessarily. Maybe I mean we talk about issues, but you know I'm thinking to myself initially, I'm like, well, who the fuck gives a shit? But right. then I start listening to it, and I'm like, wow, a lot of this shit I think about all the time. Yes. And it's actually refreshing to hear somebody also think that way, or not even necessarily think that way, at least talk about the stuff. So, I mean, I, I think that, I think that this is probably the way, um, you know, media information, dialogue, all that stuff will probably be shared. I, I, I think it's going to be prevalent, but... Boy, man, you guys have a hard, hard fucking uh, 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 task ahead of you because these 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 media conglomerates, man, they are just nasty, nasty creatures. It's just fitting, like the way we tied all this together, like tying back this current modern day conundrum of a trial with the whole Maxwell thing and Epstein, a dead quote unquote Epstein being on trial. You know, I had said something a while ago about how he touched everything. Right, like he had a picture with everyone. Do you know this motherfucker was on the record talking about even Bitcoin? Who, Epstein? Oh, yeah. That doesn't surprise oh, me. Oh, yeah, dude. Go, that doesn't go, surprise people, me. People, if you want to go look up the article, it was, if you Google What's, like um, Epstein Bitcoin, it, it was on the nextweb.com, which, which by the way, Spear, I'm sorry, before you say something, look at the bottom of this article. This was written in 2017, okay? And this writer it appears like went to his house and interviewed him. The bottom of the article says, update, <laughs> July 19, 2019. This article has amending the glaring over, has amended the glaring oversight that Jeffrey Epstein was convicted in 2008 for soliciting prostitution from an underage woman. Epstein has recently been rearrested on federal charges for sex trafficking. TNW regrets not catching this omission at the moment of publishing. Everyone, this outside, T- I've never fucking even heard of the, I probably heard of them, but still, this isn't NBC, this isn't ABC, everyone 
overlooked this thing. This guy was sitting in his house in Epstein's house next to Bill Clinton's dress portrait. Next, Here, I, I, how on earth? How on earth is Elon Musk, SpaceX facing bankruptcy? The answer is simple. It's not on. It's, it's, it's not on Earth. It's not on Earth. Yeah, it's, it's just, not on uh, Earth. It's facing bankruptcy on Mars. That's right. Uh, uh, um, no, but in all in all seriousness, he touched everything, man. There's, and I'm not going to read the article, but like, go check the next web Epstein Bitcoin. Just Google that; it'll yeah. come up. It's like he talked about, like, I'm really interested in this, in this next Bitcoin. Anything that had any level of attention that was on any spectrum of politics or social movement, he touched just to fucking but, tarnish wait, it. But what, exactly, that's exactly right. So we're on the same page because that's what I was going to say. It, it, it's that's really what it is. Is this guy? Who his really only claim to fame was was having a bit of money turning into a little bit more money and then liking underage girls. Now uh, he's the authority on everything. But if you're going to talk about big, well, no, nah, I'm not. No, we're uh, not going there because yeah. we got to go back to this trial. Yeah, because yeah. we're we're what like three days in now. Four Before days we in? go back to trial, yeah. though. Okay. All I was trying to say earlier was if you want to have a, if you want to use Bitcoin, you want to put a Bitcoin thing up on the television. It should be my favorite angry man in the suit saying i forget his name you know who i'm talking about but he goes did you ever think who's behind it all no, you wouldn't no, want to no, know no, don't damn pain you he goes you don't want to know who it is i know <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i'm gonna one time oh, episode 39 which lives in a beautiful level of fame in the sense that it was before this podcast like had an audience but it was the rowdiest we we like blacked out. Uh-huh. Episode thirty nine cuts off right at about the three hour mark because the last hour we mostly st- we were drunk as fuck and we were talking about like a lot of like inside jokes and shit. So it didn't make sense to just leave it. But there was one part in there that one day I'll just put out for shits and gigs where you and me were fighting over Dan Payne and you're like, I kind of like him, and I'm like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, I start and Dan Payne got on stage and he's like. Everybody thinks that Satoshi isn't known, but I know. Right. It's like this fight. If you don't know him, he's this angry 80-year-old man who I, wears I, like $12,000 suits. I, I like him for one reason. It's just because I like the way he approaches people who um, – it's it's almost kind of ironic because he, he like makes fun of people for following people, but yet – Everyone he's talking to literally is following around the country, speaking to them. So yes. I, it, it's but the way he talks about it, I imagine myself in a setting where it's he did, potent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I know yeah. Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Cre- I, without a doubt, right. he created Bitcoin. Like right. that's like all right, dude. Okay, maybe he did, but like you don't know. Uh, he did. Shut the fuck up. He didn't. He didn't. I, I I don't think he did. And if he's saying, in, you'll like, put your sickle hat on. It's you'll be fine. You'll be, <laughs> be good. But dude, the first day of this trial, you, you remember that when when James Patterson made that documentary for Netflix on Epstein, the same James Patterson who was writing she, a the, yeah the famous writer, <laughs> oh, the same God. guy who's writing I've, a, I've actually who's writing a books. book with Bill Clinton who was on fucking is he a, oh, oh yeah wow. oh, oh yeah oh, yeah God. the same I'm guy to, I'm gonna have to I'll be like Ace Ventura in the shower tonight thinking guy. about that oh yeah, yeah baby yeah. but like the same guy who's doing all that. You know, puts out that yeah. whole thing, and if you remember, there were there were several quote unquote star witnesses in there, including yes. Virginia Joffrey, right? Who I found to be very credible. 
the one thing that was really interesting in there that I genuinely believe she thought, like I don't, I don't think she was lying at all, but she was like accusing Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz. I remember the fam- this. And, yeah. and here's the thing. I still ha- I have a lot of questions about that. I do because he was around him a lot. But he was. I give Dershowitz a ton of credit. And maybe in the afterlife, when I figure out what the truth was, you know, I'll want to retract this statement. Maybe. But he's the guy who looked into the ca- did this documentary, looked into the camera, I said, know. "Look in my eyes." I did not do that, and which right. could be he's a psychotic liar. Maybe, maybe he's that good. I don't know. I don't know. But like, I—that's the thing. I believed her, right? Who really believed that? Right. And I actually like believed him too, who was saying that. You know what? I mean? So it was a weird mm-hmm. thing. But to me, she was a very, very credible person who just gave all kinds of fucking details on people right. about because she was a young girl who was taken advantage of in this thing. She was. Prince Andrew was one of the people who, like, fucked around with her. Right. And what's funny is day one of this trial, it gets announced, which, by the way, if people are not following or at least checking out Trial Tracker on IG, I've been looking at this every day. That's great. That's just one thing. There's a lot of Twitter yeah. threads about it, too. So just use your brain. Use the internet. You can find shit, even on Google. Go get your shit. It's called On Instagram, it's called at Trial Tracker. Day one, it's announced that Virginia Roberts Joffrey, I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong. I haven't watched the documentary in like a year, but will not be called at trial. She is the one who accused Prince Andrew of sexual assault. She also says Epstein and Maxwell flew her around the world when she was 17 and 18 for sexual encounters with billionaires, politicians, royals, and heads of state. I understand this is a federal trial. Which somehow still has the archaic system of we're not allowed to have cameras in there, which is fucking crazy. It's how they got Ross Ulrich. We Jim even mentioned that correctly on this podcast. He's like, they don't let cameras in federal courtrooms. Right. So I understand that that was a given. But we are literally watching the world's shittiest sketch artists draw a bunch of people in mass who look nothing like they actually look in fucking the year of our Lord, 2021. Do you and, know that oh, – I'm sorry. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm literally like – that's it. Like we are seeing this. And yet shit like this yeah. is happening right in front of us where someone who is front and center for a fucking Netflix documentary is not being called in there. And you already pointed out that it doesn't look the greatest that like James Comey's daughter's at the front of this thing, which in fairness to her, she was at the front of the Epstein trial before he yes. quote unquote killed himself. Right. This just and, and like the judge was Three days before trial, recommended by Biden to to be appointed to the appeals court, and like it just looks bad, dude. Yeah. Well, I, 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 two points, and the first one is the illustrations, the actual um, the court appointed um, uh, illustrator uh, is actually drawing um, the the sketches. The, the sketch artist is drawing them as as they're seeing it. Um, actually, the federal government. Um, they they actually hired Fauci. He's actually coming in and drawing. He's drawing the masks on everybody um, after the fact. So they're actually not in masks in the courtroom, but they he is coming in. So, um, but no, listen. The, the the one thing I will say about the trial, and I don't, I, you know, I, you're right about this. But the, the, the problem with these cases, and this case in particular, is you have memories that have faded. You are going to get a lot of I don't knows when you need, when you need I know. That's interesting. Um, you're talking about years, years yeah. and years, 
So, you know, you're going to have witnesses that will not hold up well to cross-examination. And it's going to be a lot of low-hanging fruit for the defense. But at the same time, again, when you have that difficult standard, when you have beyond a reasonable doubt, you have some problems. So I encourage people, if anything, to listen and follow the trial, not necessarily for the verdict. But to you hear can't listen. But you can to, only read. But to listen to the allegations, listen to how serious this is. These this these things happened. Yeah. Whether or not they can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Maxwell had some sort of uh, uh, direct involvement, or it was a part of a larger conspiracy to traffic these people, or whatever you want to call it, groom them. Uh, you may not get the verdict that we are looking for. Those who actually have a, a, a sliver of morality in them, but at the very least, watch this so that you can actually understand. What these allegations are, the fact that they the, all these things are, are true, whether or not they can prove that this particular defendant in the case actually committed these 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 atrocities, I don't know, and 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 that's again, it's going to be up, not not for us to decide. <sighs> yeah, I look. I think the outcome of this case is going to be a guilty. I mean, if it's not, I think. I mean, if that happens, I don't know how I'm going to react. And I think that's going to be one of the ultimate social crisis days in the history of this country. And I know I'm saying that over like one trial, but like this is this is some fucking biblical shit right here. This is not this ties everyone into it completely. So I don't want to go there yet. I want to let it continue to play out. But the sketchiness that you see around this. I'm just running through, like, as we're sitting in here, some of these slides on just this one page. And it's very simple. There's not, like, a ton in there. But you see a story that is familiar at this point. And yet you realize that there's still people who lawfully, correctly, there's everyone has a right to a fair defense, are defending this in court. And there's still the question of how is this going to go? How is a jury going to see her? Are they going to change their mind? Are are they going to find her innocent for some reason? Even if they don't, and the net result is that we just don't get any more information as a general public. And Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell, which by the way, credit Jim DiOrio, he was right about this. When she got arrested, I said to him, I'm like, oh, she'll be dead within a month. And he said, no, I know the FBI agent in in charge of of handling her whatever, at least right now, and talk to him. She's going to be all right. And so far she is. But either way, they've disappeared her until now. Right. And if they put her in jail, they'll disappear her again. She won't won't do any media capabilities. Maybe she will end up, you know, not alive at some point. But we will lose out on understanding who talks to who and why, and more importantly, why this never got covered. Why this, why did she, why did Epstein commit suicide under a John Barr? Is that, is that his first name, John? The AG? Was it John? Who? AG Barr, Attorney General Barr. Yeah. Why, why did Epstein commit suicide under an AG Barr? Justice Department, when A.G. Barr's father was the first man to give an adult Epstein a job. Why have we never heard about or heard from Bill Clinton talking about all the flights he took with Jeff? Why has Trump shut up about this out of nowhere? Because he's never been quiet about it, trying to raise his voice about how bad this guy is. And he even did, like after he got killed, he as president 
he still drew some attention to yeah. it. Why has he shut up about that? Why have none of these actors who have been implicated talked about it? Why have no other governments spoken out who have been who have been implicated by conspiracy theories, quote unquote, in this whole matter, spoken out to to address that and say, at least even if they're lying, that is untrue. Why have people completely avoided this and why are we also scheduling this thing around when things like Kyle Rittenhouse are happening and the Arbery trial which luckily finished very quickly so it's now out of the way mm-hmm. and and other things that people could pay attention to why are there stories going around that are still pushing now an Omicron or whatever the fuck it called it's called variant right at the time that this trial comes out and the other trials conclude why does all this happen? Why can't we get answers? Why can't people hear from the judge after the case, which sounds like it's not going to be a thing? And maybe that is a a justice system thing that I could agree with as far as like not, you know, disclosing things. All right, fine. But why why is it also secretive? Why are we only getting these little transcripts and one word answers? You know, part of it's the system, but part of it is it's it's a cover up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, big picture, there's a lot that we need to look at. And I think it, look, taking a timeline approach to a lot of this, it, it number one, it shows that certain things are important at certain times to the general public. And when I say the general public, I mean what's shoved down their throats. And I think that at some point we all should take a step back and look at the, chrono, you know, chronologically how these, thing happen, how these things happen, why they happen. Um, why they happen in different parts of the country at the same time. Um, there's a lot, I think there's a lot that needs to be said um, in terms of timing because, you know, <laughs> I don't believe in coincidences. I just don't. I, I think that uh, as sophisticated as we are um, as a human race, this, <laughs> this shit is, uh, is suspect to say the least. Say the least, man. I, I just, you know, when I think about that, I'm always thinking about that fourth turning shit. And where we're at right now, and all this happening in a cyclone, you know, you get the you get the financial crisis in oh eight oh nine, that leads to the explosion of the wealth gap that had been building since the mid to late eighties, and then you get the political children of that era who were left behind. You get the Occupy Wall Street and you get the Tea Party who convinced themselves that they hated each other but they wanted the same things and were pissed off about the same things. They just had different ideas and came from different parts of the country so therefore had different beliefs on how it could get solved. And then you see rise out of those ashes the two people who should have been the final candidates, Senator Sanders and, and Donald Trump. And... They spoke to those two movements and they spoke from different angles, but they spoke to the same anger and disappointment of the people. And then you see Trump get into office who was this total outsider, rogue candidate in a way, who then broke people one way or another politically. I think that's one of Joe Rogan's theories that's brilliant. He he has a way of simplifying certain things and putting it in one sentence, usually short words. That is just fucking amazing. But he's like Trump broke people once and for all. And he did. He broke people in one direction or the other. And now you have it all culminating 2019. This weird sex slave guy commits suicide, quote unquote. And we move towards this world where now we go into Corona to create a giant distraction. The money continues to flow. The power continues to flow. and, And we're left with a trial of his 
assistant who was a horrible person, but questions are left unanswered and there's enough distractions that people can't see really what's going on and how much does the result of this thing, whatever it is, and the lack of information we get or how the trial turns out or doesn't turn out, how much does that end up determining how people react and society breaks or doesn't break? That is a legitimate question and it's crazy to think that comes from a trial, but it's all the things that built up to this and the symbolism that's around it that people should be thinking about. So, I mean, again, I I think the bigger issue with a lot of this is, you know, what timing um, and what, you know, what I guess media, whatever it is, wants us to see and when they want us to see it and how they want us to see it. And I think without us talking about this stuff and, and kind of connecting the dots together all at once, because you don't see this on the news. You, you don't see them talk about, you know, chronologically this happened and this right. happened and that happened. And then, whoa, wait a second. Right. So I, I think that, you know, th- this platform that, that you have and that everybody could have at some level, whether it's successful or not successful, and I don't know how to gauge the success of these things anyway in terms of, you know, monetary, personal, whatever – um, you know, as long as people talk about this stuff, I think that there's a chance to right. get to the bottom of it. But, um, but right now it's, it's, there is a, a glaring lack of information for X, um, and just a, a flood of misinformation about why. And, yes. and, and here we are. And Michael Spear. Spear Wars. Spear Wars. All right. Spear Wars. <laughs> Go read the tea leaves. <laughs> Sounds like a good spot to end it. Everyone else, everybody else, you know what it is. Give it a thought. Get back to it. Peace.